What's up, folks? Welcome back to another week of the Tactical Crutch Podcast. It's TCP episode 197, where we are reaching the end of Overwatch 1 Esports very, very soon. We've actually just finished up uh, Contenders China finals, so congratulations to Team Chaser yet again for defending their title from earlier this year. They have gone back-to-back now, so two-time champions and contenders for the entire year in China. They... I guess got an upset win versus Billy Billy, who are like the the hardcore favorite. Sorry, by the way, if I just spoiled Contenders China results. I'm sure you were all dying to dying. to get at the VOD, you know, and you just happened to press on to this episode before you get the VOD. Like, oh, I might just take a look at what TCB's up to before I go to the Contenders China VOD and now I've ruined it for all for you. I apologize about that. We are by depending on when you're looking at this VOD, by the way, or if it's the premiere that you're watching, um, the Contenders. Australia finals will be happening on, I guess, the 21st. So literally tonight for me. But I don't know. This The final could have already happened by the time you watch this. But sure. that will then be the actual final time we watch Overwatch 1 Esports through official Blizzard stuff this year. I mean, I guess there's still like the Mayhem um, uh, stuff coming up. So that exists. Mayhem Classic, Mayhem 4 Classic is still on the way. But as far as like the whole Overwatch League contenders, kind of official Blizzard stuff is going, we're basically there. We, we're pretty much completely done now with Overwatch 1 Esports, which means eventually we're getting closer and closer to having Giska talk about Overwatch 2. <laughs> he's going to have to, he's, he's just going to have to, somebody's going to have to force feed him those VODs of, you know, Doha and Super Play in the game and, you know, look at the Bastion rework and and wear a little hat. You know, we're, should we get you know? Leave a comment down below if we should get Yiska a little rework. Give him a little hat. <laughs> Give him a little facelift. Who knows? Gotta force he needs him a fresh to watch coat it, of paint. Like, tie him down to a chair. Get one of those things that, like peel his eyes open. He's just like yeah, Clockwork Orange thing. Yeah, yeah. He's got to like just absorb this Overwatch Two content. We'll make him do. We'll repeat. Put on repeat for ten hours, and mm. he just has to watch it sitting still for ten hours, uh, and then we'll finally get his opinion on it. You know, I. I could totally play this game if it was just stick figures. Like if if they if someone told me that the hang up is really just like the graphic, the graphics mm. and whatnot, and like putting hats on characters so they look cute, I'd be very upset. You know, this is this this entire game is just geometry, right? It's like your a beam from the middle of your uh, screen is reaching out to another geometric object. And you gotta click the thing at the time when those, you know, like. What does this got to do with stick figures? I'm sorry, you lost me straight away. Uh, now we're playing red light, green light. We have to wait for the thing to hit the beam, and like then I'm, you press the. Okay. Yeah. I I I I'm still stuck at the stick figures part, so I don't really my my oh. brain didn't advance in that first statement, right. so I'm not too sure what we're talking. I, about. I'm just saying, like, if you care about like Bastion's little hat and whatnot, fuck off. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the hat looks so cool. There's plenty of our community members that give a shit about our, you know, Bastion's little hat. I'll have you know, they they quite give enjoy. A, you know, you know, he, give a he lost the bird for that, right? Did you notice no, that? No, the bird's still there. Oh, he did. Is it, the bird's there. Yeah, was yeah, it there? Yeah, still here. We just don't know if he's dead in the lore because of the, the Halloween skin. Okay. The bird just the bird just lives underneath the cap now. What do you what do you think it's there? What if yeah, it's got a little home? What, what if it's dead under the cap, like Schrodinger's bird? Schrodinger's bird. <laughs> Is Overwatch 2 coming? Is it not coming? We don't know. <laughs> Does it even exist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And the answer is under the, the cap. Where does that hat go when it's he true. changes modes? I actually didn't pay attention. Oh, the hat that, now that is the question we should be asking. Because when he goes through the century in the tank forms, and the, now the artillery form, which Yisco mm -hmm. doesn't know about yet, don't spoil no. it for him. Um, where does the hat go? It's an interesting question. Are we gaslighting Yisco to believe there's an artillery form for Bastion? Is that the bit now? Should we just gaslight him? Because <laughs> I don't is think there? he knows. I'm not sure. Is there? Maybe. Oh, well. That's a way to find out. I don't know. How would that work? How, how do you You'll do know. artillery in Overwatch? Do, does he have a little arch? Like like a little beam? Is it like this, these shit games where you like have to shoot closer to the... Basically worms. So, <laughs> so uh, an ally walks up to Bastion, mm -hmm. puts a mortar round in yep. his cannon, mm -hmm. and then fires it off. And does the, like does this thing where they cover the ears? Yeah. And then it goes. Whoosh, it does like like whistling thing, and then it explodes and then it hits somebody. Perfectly fits well. The like. And then if it doesn't hit, and they have to adjust the accuracy, you can see the guy yep. the crack like click 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 click, click, click and it's just cranking the thing until it's like until the mortar's moving. Yeah. Is is Bastion even still a character, or is this just a thing on the map? No, you saw he has a little hat now. Yeah, he's still a character. Okay. It's a mortar with a hat. The thing is, I feel like you're 50% shitting me, 50% it's true. I don't believe I they would make an ability like... that, like, requires, like, another... Like, I, I think the most interaction from an ultimate that uh, you currently have in Overwatch is, like, window or something, you know? Where you're, like... The most interaction we've ever had with an ultimate is when Symmetra's TP used to be an ultimate. True. True, <laughs> true. yeah, that's very true. That's just about the only one, right? Are we getting, like, a uh... well... What's it called? Like the healing well in in uh, in WoW, where you had to click on it in order uh, to get healed. I hope not, because <laughs> if if any if Blizzard gamers or anything like they are in WoW, nobody clicks that shit. Go cool. to the real ones, dude. Please never never introduce a thing that's like lantern for Thresh. I am going to lose my shit if that happens. For anyone that doesn't know, uh, was talking about League of Legends here. Yeah, the uh, the game Relevant that Overwatch is based on. Because yeah. <laughs> um, everyone's everyone's like everyone who everyone's like, oh yeah, it's just a MOBA FPS. I love Gosh. MOBAs. It's Such MOBAs are the best. Um, speaking of Overwatch Two, apparently we have a a bit of a uh, would it be an announcement? It's not really. No, it's not announced. It's it's a bit. It's a Dexerto article that says Overwatch Two ratings suggest sequel won't have loot boxes. Sure. Uh, and I saw this. On to the other thing, the other thing is like the competitive balance of tax and maximum salary cap eliminated uh, as well for next year. That's more Overwatch League. So well, the first part was Overwatch Two, and this is mm. the the second, completely unrelated part. I just decided to tap it on there, tag it on there for no reason. I just duct tape those two parts together for my own enjoyment. Um, as Overwatch League. So I think the first part, like yeah, okay, no loot boxes, pretty expected. I I thought this. I th I think the game. It's probably moving in a free-to-play direction with more of a battle pass-like system anyway, or some other sort of cosmetic I think system. That, so that makes perfect sense, right? I think mm -hmm. the way Dick Soto reasoned this was like the the rating that Germany gave Overwatch 2 and our gambling, gambling laws uh, allowing that, and me being a German and a former law student should be qualified to comment on this, but it's about Overwatch 2, so I won't tell you shit. <laughs> like, 
No, but the the thing is, like, it, this seems relatively plausible, even though a lot of people were skeptical about what this actually uh, says. Um, I think just like it's another contributing arguments that one may have in order to conclude that we are going to have a different monetization system mm. coming with Overwatch 2. I mean, it, it, there needs to be a different one, dude. Like, God, all the people in the YouTube comments, uh, there's, there's no, they're not really, I'm not talking about our YouTube video comments, I'm talking about like the play Overwatch and the Overwatch mm. League or the VOD uh, for the Overwatch 2 content there that you haven't seen yet. The, those comments are saying like, oh man, well, it's the same game, so I'm not going to uh, I'm not yeah. gonna buy Overwatch two. I'm just gonna keep playing Overwatch one. I'm like, oh, these people don't know. These people don't have the critical information. Oh yikes! Yeah, and it's <laughs> wait till they find out. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I, that, that's basically like my, I, I start believing when we get a solid system. You know what? Like that's one of the most disingenuous, like pieces of shit. Um, oh boy, head headers of gaming articles around the industry. You know, like, whenever, like, loot boxes are mentioned as, like, this nefarious thing in yeah. gaming, and it's always the Overwatch loot box because it looks the nicest, but it's by far, far the least exploitive in gaming, right? And it's, like, FIFA is basically, like, dragging, like, thousands of dollars out of, like, credit cards of uh, by children extracting their parents, basically, uh, a week. Like, being, being pretty much... Like, getting more money out of the loot boxes now than from the sale of the actual FIFA title for the last three years. Like, that shit is legitimately... Who demonizes, who demonizes Overwatch loot boxes? That's the thing, but every single loot box article has Overwatch loot boxes as headers, no. dude. Yes, it's fucking disgusting. There's no way. Yeah. It, it can't be. <laughs> Overwatch loot boxes, it's not even paid to win. There are literal paid to win yeah. loot boxes yeah. out there. <laughs> They're well, so like the fair. Of your They're game, too the fair. The real content. I'm not talking about skins. I'm talking about the real content of your game is locked behind these loot boxes. Yeah. That's the real shit. Yeah. They're, they're who's, dude, who's demonizing Overwatch loot boxes? What? There's legitimately a German streamer that bought, I, I believe it's boxes for 65,000 euros now. And he still isn't remotely close to having a perfect team in, uh, in that FIFA mode. Damn, still waiting for his Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Jesus, Joe, you now, went and take it. You took a bit of a visit to. Just there's a bit of a change. Uh, did you have anything to add on this? By the way, I was I was about to change stuff, and then I realized quite oh, I literally not. So the floor is yours. Oh, wait, it's actually not mine because I was gonna I was gonna uh, ask you about your trip to uh, the sandy deserts of a oh, distant okay. planet uh -huh. of Arrakis. Where you're so, you're collecting you're collecting spikes or something of the sort now like you're uh, just I don't pulling know like, I don't we I like, think oh, we're what spikes what is what is you cook with this you what do you what do you do with this possibly. stuff I don't know some sort of seasoning blend you better um, tell you better tell me what the spice is because I'll tell you what the movie doesn't so you know you go ahead <laughs> fuck you <laughs> <laughs> the movie was amazing Avril I'm wanting anything else so. The, you know, Overwatch 2's news cycle is is so dry and dusty, just like the movie Dune, which I haven't seen yet, but I have, of course, have opinions on because that's just who I am. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about FIFA loot boxes and random German streamers. That's that's kind of where we're at with Overwatch news. But, you know, what isn't as dusty and crusty as Arrakis? This guy. 
Uh, and that's thanks to Manscaped. That's why support for Tactical Crouch is brought to you by Manscaped.com, who is the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. <laughs> Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. More clutch than a twilight flank, Manscaped's crop reviver keeps my family jewels intact while the competition leaves you spiced out of your mind. Keep yourself looking proper and keep your partner mighty happy with the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, you heard that correct, folks. Much like Overwatch 2, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the next generation razor that you have just been waiting for. Just hopefully not too long, like five or so years, you know, with no content. You know, you, you get it. Uh, fear is the mind killer, so don't be terrified. You need to tackle that below the waist grooming. You get 20% off with free shipping. With promo code Tactical Crouch, that's all caps Tactical Crouch, no space at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code Tactical Crouch. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. I'm I applaud you for, for dropping proper and uh, happy into that. Um, although I will say those are probably like the easiest couple of names to put in there. Yes. Uh, I'd have been impressed. You could have prop you put a could have put an Aquilo in there as well. Um, Tried. Tried. I'd be impressed. I'd be impressed if you dropped the Dronak in there somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like I think that's like you know, that's nightmare difficulty of trying to like just name drop a player yeah. that can fit into a normal English sentence. You guys know that I made a poem recently. Did um you? of because uh, uh, what was happening in, in, in my uh my personal Discord, a bunch of people were doing puns for or watch players being put in there like um i don't know, use proper as a like you, know, you, you just uh, pretty much what you were doing you just kind of name mm. dropping players into regular sentences yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were all doing this. some of them were pretty clever I'm like oh yeah this is kind of funny like you know and they're just kind of slipping a couple players names into sentence i'm like I, i'm gonna level this up to 11 i'm just gonna do an entire full flowing sentence except every single word is a player's name there's the entire sentence is just all player names and that's it uh, i even i i didn't even have to go very far i only looked at contenders career and that was enough for me because those guys are really good at just using some basic nouns that make sense and a couple of you know connecting letters connecting words in there just make enough sense so you know the the contenders career poem goes like hey i'm stalker it's all proper revenge just attack someone develop another assassin Fix the arrow to you, stellar aim. Simple physics, perfect checkmate. So <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> really is. It's a full sentence only using players' names. Uh, it doesn't get better than that. So, uh, and and with that, I'm gonna happily shave my Arrakis tonight. <laughs> there you go. Uh did you guys try it yet? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Trying on my nice. face in a second. <laughs> You know, you know that Joe had like a couple of people point out like, oh, right, people have approached me about Joe's facial hair to give him a nudge I, in the past. <laughs> I, I, I look at it longingly every night in a way where I'm like, do I want to commit to actually making a move on, on the stuff, you know? Because mm -hmm. that's a commitment. That's a commitment where you have to really... Like once you go into once you actually commit to that, it's like, well, yeah. you know, if I'm getting a haircut, I can't just take a bit of I can't just take a scissors and just choop, just get a little bit of a, a mm -hmm. lock of hair. You gotta you you're going. You have to now you gotta like actually have a full haircut. You don't you wouldn't shave part of your head and just, and just like you just leave a bit of a patch. You yeah. gotta you gotta commit to the whole your full clean now. Yeah. Um so I don't know. Like it's a it's a commitment. Um I like what I'm seeing. 
it's it's something I I my I put on a pedestal. I'm like, damn, dude, one day I will have the bravery to just like let it shine. I don't know. Uh, free Arrakis is what I'll be doing. <laughs> one day I'll have the bravery to do that. You know, I was skeptical about the little light on the lawnmower at first. Mm. I was like, what is that for? Do they think like I'm exploring a cave down there or like, but it is actually pretty functional. Like I, I realized there's I actually a lot of utility. Yeah. Give me a machete, a little uh, jungle tour guide. Mm -hmm. One of those like um, archaeological dig hats. Um, yeah. I don't know. You're all wearing like cargo shorts i don't know what the, uh, i mean sure make make sure that your maker looks smooth and it's like right yeah um so yeah good stuff a little bit of just a tiny little bit of an appetizer before we get into more roster moves because i mean it's not like there's any real solid overwatch 2 stuff beyond what was already been and what has already been is um it's been fairly limited. Not that we're like, I don't know if anyone's expecting like gigantic updates. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get them soon. Um, and beyond that, again, Jessica doesn't know about it all at all. So it'd just be it'd be uh, a Joe and I on a two man special talking about Overwatch Two, and that's it. And Jessica won't be there because um, he doesn't know anything be, about Overwatch Two. It'd just be a big like bit on like what we th what we can try to get Jessica to believe. So now. Uh, we don't have to do much trying to get Jessica to believe so because this has been actual roster moves. So getting into the episode proper now, welcome to episode 197. This episode of Tactical Crouch brought to you by lovely patrons Battle Crab, Refined Bean, Bronze Bar Buhau, Chare, Chris R34444, Ordino, Hunter Tane, Porkchop Sammy, Tasha67, Lotion, Rex Saint, Volamelon Sugar High, Volamel Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. See, somebody knows, Joe. Somebody's, somebody's got that keeping down up. Path. I don't know where the camera exactly. is, but... Exactly. Know. Um, done. Getting that code in there. All right. So, first port to call is actually not even going to be a player. Um, we, based on what I remember, haven't really talked heavily about Mayhem in the past. I think they've been one of the teams that we've mostly skipped over because not a lot of stuff has been happening in that department, but they've made some moves recently. Um, and I'm trying to remember as well. Have have they also had players? I think OG's announced retirement. Yeah, OG and BQB's announced retirement. OG yeah. has not only announced retirement, but he's has some wishes to potentially go into coaching the future. So there's that. Um, beyond that, though, they've obviously still got Yaki that they, I guess, will decide what they want to do with in terms of trying to trade him off. Although I would make the argument now and maybe. Somebody else has an opinion that if they want to build a mixed roster, because they kind of there's there's been a rumor that uh, after failing to acquire the the backline of AT American Tornado and OG and Ultraviolet, who are, are rumored to be going to Atlanta, mm. that Mayhem was shifting towards a mixed roster. And I'm saying, well, I'm like, well, if you're going to do a mixed roster, maybe you should just keep Yaki, and that's a style you can build around. But one piece that they have absolutely announced properly now is that Gumba is joining as their new head coach going to the next season, Gumbo, who is freshly coming out from Immortals Valorant. Previous to that, he was LA Valiant, Boston Uprising, and also LA Valiant, both the green and the blue version, um, for the Overwatch League. So quite a bit of Overwatch League in there. A lot of Valorant in the recent memory, in, in the recent history, and now back to Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's I know that this has definitely been a hot topic within the community, but I don't think I just don't understand where the notion that this is out of out of like nowhere, right? It's not like Gunba's never been in the game before. I get maybe being a little, you know, disenfranchised, maybe upset, but this isn't like a new person. This isn't just some random person from stop, another stop game. Stop tweeting. You know, to, uh, say it for what is. Who, who are you talking about here? Stop, stop. You know, who was it? I, I mean, it's I'm not even a little bit. Is it Natter? Okay, like that, that, that whole tweet chain. I, I think reading through the lines, like I, I empathize with yeah. like not getting and you know maybe an opportunity or a chance. I like I I I feel for that, but this this notion that like somehow people should be upset because Gunba, somebody who has been in the league, somebody who has been around Overwatch for a long time, uh, somehow can't come back and still you know maintain or maybe even improve what he's done. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't. Not my favorite, not my favorite take. No, nah, like, okay. So, I understand that it's really hard to get opportunities in Overwatch League mm -hmm. unless you're already familiar with the guys. That said, there's a lot of open tryouts now. So, like, the, there seems to be a lot of, like, ground to actually fairly compete against others in, in your respective field. At the same time, there was one word in there that I that didn't make sense to me. What the fuck is deserve when it comes to a coaching position? Deserve doesn't make any sense. When it comes to sports specifically, it makes no sense. You're not giving participation trophies when you're signing someone uh, to a contract. Like you're... Um, you're not grinding into a position that is like given out for people like a like an award for like lifetime achievement. You are recruiting for performance. And there's barely like one season's data point in which Gunburst teams weren't uh, amazing, I would say. Like for the longest time, like he was part of the Boston. Uh, roster in season one, ridiculous overperformance from that roster at the time. If we if, if people call back, was part of season two. Yeah, that doesn't didn't uh, work out too great. Can't put it all on one guy, but uh, of course it's a data point which we need to consider. Season three, he was within uh, um, with Valiant, a team that once again overperformed, probably not to the point uh, of Boston in season one. But then again, the field also got better. Then he goes to Valorant. They also, for the longest time, have been polishers of diamonds in the rough. If you are a team that isn't willing to pay top, uh, top dollar and wants to be mostly Western, I don't know of a coach that has a better track record there in terms of delivering results or expected results. At the end of the day, if I'm a general manager, I am tasked to sign the best possible candidate that can the, do the job the best so I can keep my job. It's not about participation trophy for, for the longest time. Now, it is also the case that it wasn't just like nobody was in competition with Gunba. It's, it isn't just like Albert threw like a dart at a, at a chalkboard or like a, 
a board with like pictures on him and just randomly picked out a coach, there was of course talks between other coaches there. And like I completely understand that from a strategical point of view, and also I think Albert uh, gave quite a good reasoning because once again, in the ridiculous position that we are playing a game next year that and signing coaches and players for a game that they've never touched, right? Mm. Um, that we now have to find new uh, new people for. So, in essence, like I personally, there there might you may very well have disagreements on the uh, on the particular position that Gamba inherits, and I don't think Gamba is flawless in what he provides. And I have some questions for him as a head coach because that he hasn't proven yet. But in terms of like his ability to to create winners, especially on low resources, I don't think like there are many people out there that are more qualified. And I don't hate this move I, at all. I think he's the most qualified coach in the world for creating value out of uh, well, having high efficiency and creating value in, in probably undervalued players or overlooked players. Uh, let's actually bring up the tweet from Nata first so we can right. get some context on what kind of sparked this entire debate. So this probably wasn't like, I mean, this was this was probably like something we were going to talk about in terms of Gumba anyway, but then there ended up being this wider topic on a debate on how org should be approaching uh, the hiring process of coaches and head coaches specifically. So for people that don't know, don't know, Natta is a um, coach in Overwatch around, I don't know if he is still actively coaching tier two teams, but he was coaching around tier two. Um, he was previously on Drifters, Third Impact, and Global Esports. Um, and he does educational content for Overwatch. Um, and someone that I've like casually known for some time, I guess. What... Let's I'll just read it out. Normally I don't tweet stuff like this, but I think this has to be addressed if what Halo tweeted is true, which is now true, by the way. It's been fully announced. Gumba to head mm. coach for Florida. Gumba head coach for Florida. It's disrespectful to coaches with Overwatch League experience and top tier two who have been grinding their ass off, plus have had high placing. Gumba hasn't been an owl for one for in Overwatch for one year. Uh, and then he goes on to list a bunch of other coaches that he believes uh, could have been taken position including by Zenith, who was actually on the shock recently, Faustus, who's been on Glads, um, Sword, who was on third impact, and, and then various other, you know, coaches. I don't know if I'm going to name every single one of them, but, you know, the tweets are there. Mm. Um, he wants to specifically state as well, it's, it's that he's not saying that maybe, I'll read the last week, I also want to add that I don't mean anything bad towards Gumbo, who got the job, more looking at the management. So I think he's got criticism for the mayhem and potentially other teams in terms of how they went about the process of how they hired coaches. Now that we got the context out of the way, I'll say one thing in terms of where I'm standing is uh, is that I've also talked to Nada behind the scenes. So my, my reply is in here. I said something along the lines of like, I don't think this was a particularly good take and that Gumba is super qualified and that kind of reducing you know the negatives of Gumba, like, oh, he hasn't been here for a year. Is, a, is really surface level and doesn't actually highlight uh, all of his good qualities. But, you know, as the conversation continues, he's, he has more of a problem with 
the the management side of their decision making rather than the gumba pickup itself i guess i talked to nada at length behind the scenes about it mm. um and got his takes on it i don't think he's coming from anywhere potentially malicious or he's coming from like a it should have been me kind of thing sure he's, he's more just like speaking on behalf of all tier two or like all currently fa coaches um that have been assistant coaches in some ways mm. i will always back the side of teams doing what they believe is best for them and a certain hiring tactic that is valid and done worldwide for all sorts of jobs and positions is headhunting where you are specifically out to get particular people and that's it you don't you don't here to do open trials you don't care about that you're not here to do an open casting call or an open hiring process we got to get a thousand resumes and go through all of them no you you have a short list of like five or less people that you know would be ideal for this job and you are targeting this specifically you are headhunting and you don't care about listing this out into the public that's what you don't because you know what you want if you don't know what you want maybe you go out into the whole world you scattergun approach it and just see who hits what 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 hits rather but if you do know what you're looking for and it looks like mayhem probably didn't know what they're looking for because i was aware of two other high profile coaches who i'm not going to name um mm. who they were also targeting who uh ended yep. up not being the choices for one reason or another some of them some, they could have declined either party could have declined who knows um and ended up being gumba being the final option so there were a number of different people as i said high profile um that that could have been in that position and it seems to me that mayhem were specifically headhunting a, a short list of people and they weren't going to go for like an open trial kind of thing which also creates a lot of i don't know unnecessary cost and time constraints where it's just like now you got to go through this entire like open process or what do your trials look like how are you judging these things how long are you going to do this for by the way while you're trialing for a coach players are being signed left right and center that you're probably wanting to target you want to settle on a strategy for for developing a team and and getting a team signed you need a coach like now you can't be waiting weeks to trial a coach while players that you want you've already lost og and ultraviolet supposedly you mm. can can you really afford to be wasting more time trialing coaches while more players are leaving that you actually want it's like it's a bit ridiculous isn't it yeah yeah you, you kind of have to put yourself like we we just got done empathizing with the coaches who I I you know would love to see every coach in the league. I'd love to see everybody get opportunities, but let's yeah. face reality, there are a limited number of teams that are going western. There are a limited number of teams in the Overwatch League, um, and we're going into a new game. So are you you know looking from a business perspective for a moment? You know trying to you know look through the lens of a GM. Are you are you more interested in taking a gamble on a rookie head coach? who is is their first season in the Overwatch League, or are you going to take somebody who has experience in multiple games, who has a resume of success, bringing them over and, and using that known quantity to kind of give yourself the best foot forward into a, you know, a, a new vestige? I don't know. It seems pretty cut and dry to me, and that's not to the dismay or, you know, not throwing any kind of disrespect towards these coaches, because I do believe a lot of them are Overwatch League caliber, but the situation calls for something that is a little bit more known, I think. Um, it doesn't mean that some, you're certain, you know, Overwatch League franchises may opt the other way. But, look, you know, just if we if we change perspective for a moment, you can kind of see where, you know, maybe Albert's coming from. Yeah, and it's not even, I mean, you, 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 we brought up Albert's tweets already, but Albert essentially 
um hilariously subtweeted that entire thread pretty hard by mm. saying like you know um okay happy to announce the coach search is over Gumba's got a proven eye for talent great track record all all extremely true things and it honestly even underplays Gumba's skills his his main forte is he, this guy's like s plus and having an eye for talent and having mm. a great track record at building a team that over heavily overperforms expectations um couldn't think of a better person a better qualified person to rebuild the roster with um and then albert views his year away coaching pro valent as an asset heading to overwatch 2 he learns scout and coach the brand new 5v5 game with new maps new abilities and new heroes overwatch 2 will be a brand new game as well and his overwatch knowledge combined with his valorant experience will be invaluable but again i think no one disagrees with the gumba signing at the end of the day not even apparently not even nata really disagrees mm. with the signing itself mm. he disagrees with the process in which yeah. he believes it should have been an open trial process where everyone should have had a shot i think he believes it's like kind of unfair that other potentially very good coaches uh in the tier two scene and even you know free agent coaches from overwatch league like by zenith who was even on the shock um didn't get a fair shot because mayhem decided essentially screw that we're just gonna specifically target the people we want and and not go after them but i i if if you're if you're someone who's looking to fill the role ultimately you are looking to fill the role with who you believe the best option to be that's it how you get there i i think is a little bit redundant you just need mm. to try and get there by the path of least resistance in some ways and i think i think mayhem achieved exactly what they were looking to do they they completed their goal that's it that's all there needs to be yeah so I, I do empathize with everyone that is barred by gatekeepers in order to get at the highest sure. level, though. Um, I, I know, like, that's a fun idea to think about, but have you ever asked yourself how much deserving, and now truly deserving, as in, like, these players are better than those that actually made it in? Uh, how many players stayed out outside the, of the Overwatch League because of insufficient scouting and or evaluation by the gatekeepers? It's it's an interesting idea to go through and like wonder, um, and like may, maybe some of the cases that were quite public were like Dia or stuff like this, right? Like how much how much better could the Overwatch League have been if a truth machine? had done the selection or if we had open qualifiers to everything and people could have just through a thorough po process gotten to the upper echelon right um but yeah like i i totally i fully understand the emotion uh behind yeah. netta street of course i in part understand that the frustration is just it is it is very different, for instance, than even the Chipset discussion we once had with uh, when Jane said it, right? Because, like, Chipset had never competed to the d uh, degree at the highest level that Gumba has in this case, right? Like, it's it's like this guy has competed in uh, practically three fourths of the Overwatch League, right? Mm. It's the majority of the Overwatch League he has been involved in, so. Um, I think it's a very different case. And I wonder if there are other reasons to dislike that move than what can be said in those tweets. But yeah, like generally speaking, I, I totally understand the emotion. And I think that that, sh that part of the argument should also be realized and empathized with by the community. Mm -hmm. 
the, real fast. The, the, yeah, go. One one quick thing that you kind of uh, I think both of you brought up, but I know that Yiska just kind of touched on it. Um, kind of interested in both your thoughts really fast on like open tryouts as a as a process. Like, do we think that's like the ultimate like end all be all process to find talent is open tryouts? But it's it's slow. It's like, and I'm I think there's a time constraint here. Like, yeah. Mayhem are a team that have heavily rumored to be like missing out on deals or like missing out on certain players. They need to be moving quick. Like they, you know, you want to how long do you want to do open trials for coaches for? How many more players are going to get signed away while you're doing that? Yeah. You're not quite sitting on your hands, but damn, you're moving pretty slow. Like things are things are, you know, whether it's whether we think this should be happening or not, but teams are moving pretty quick on talent for Overwatch Two when no one's been able to trial on Overwatch Two or anything. <laughs> that's, a, um, that's and everyone's taking mad everyone's taking mad gambles on players. They're taking those gambles fast. Uh, and it's creating a lot of FOMO where, okay, well, everyone else is taking mad gambles yeah. on players pretty quickly outside of probably like the Valiant and stuff. But yeah. mm. everyone else is taking some pretty big risks quite quick. And if you want to secure a quote-unquote good roster based on Overwatch 1 talent, you better be moving quick too because that talent's going to start to do, especially, by the way, for a team like Florida that wanted to go for Western at one stage. Yeah. Where like, bro, there's like barely any eligible players. Oh, well, eligible is not the right word. There's barely enough superstar level players from contenders na or eu or just in in the western side of the competitive esports sphere that you can really get so if you miss out on at yeah no shit you're gonna have to go next because the that means the majority of like top tier western talent is suddenly gone so yeah. time is literally of the essence here um and again if i'm in albert's shoes my ultimate goal is simply to find who i believe the best person for the role is the method and how that happens I don't give a fuck. I don't think it really matters. I yep. do. I feel bad. I do. I empathize because I, you know, in speaking to Nata, um, some of the language used was also that, like, okay, well, you know, it it kind of makes path to prone in tier two kind of pointless. What's the, he, you know, he's saying? I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, what's the point in grinding tier two and path to pro if you're not even going to get a fair shot and someone that didn't even do Overwatch for a year is going to come in and just get the job. Right? Yeah. And if you look at it from that perspective, like, oh, that does sound like shit. It, yeah. I get it. I 100% get it. But I also think, like, that's just, yeah, that's just true everywhere. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if you were in acting, it's like, bro, mm. why should I star in B movies when these, when these studios keep hiring A listers? I don't fucking know. Don't be an actor then. Like, this is just, I, I think that's just kind of how it is in a way. Um, there's just no guarantees. Like, try, and I know better than every, anyone, most people, because I grinded the shit out of tier two and I, mm. I, I very, I had yeah. very uh, at various points uh, pretty low hopes as well, and you know I there needed to be very specific circumstances for me to even join the league. Um, so like I I don't doubt that you know I I probably wouldn't have been there if if, if things some things were particularly different. Um, I probably wouldn't have done Overwatch League, been able to do Overwatch League this year, and I would have missed out as well. And you know I would have felt shit about it. But I I think at that stage as well, I don't blame the player probably blame the game in, in in some sort of case where yeah you know like anybody when you're making hiring decisions you're trying to take the path of least resistance i get that everybody who's ever been in a hiring position i've i've worked a nine to five and you know normal normie job before where i was in a position where i i've hired people trust me i know what it's like to take the path of least resistance why would you ever not take the path of least, least resistance to get to your goal why would you ever make your job harder to do right that's the question you got to answer um and no one's going to do the thing that's more difficult if they can do it in an easier way if i can secure a top tech if i can secure what I'm, in my mind as a top tier coach straight away uh, without having to go through a long trial process i'm going to do that um mm. 
and does it suck for people coming through it does but I, I don't know i don't know what you're supposed to do about that it's not is it fair it's probably not really fair but dude who gives a fuck it, it, there's also know. a non-zero chance that gamba won't be available by the time you made your solid choice yep like i think like you almost have to like get start from the position that you don't think gamba would be attractive to any other overwatch league team in order to uh arrive at that conclusion because I could totally see other maybe not as a head coach that might not happen but mm. like if Gamba wants to be in the Overwatch League he always could have been like his skill set is very unique uh, generally speaking because he is a full blown coach and a strategical coach he understands Overwatch at a high level but he's also a stats yeah. guy like yeah. he crafts his own yes and we don't talk much about him but like he wrote his own image recognition software as well and found relevant metrics and scouted in two games now very efficiently, especially at early stages of those games, some of the best talents. So, I don't know. Like, it, that, I think that this is once again a belief structure how different you think Overwatch 2 will be. I think it will be very different in consider, uh, like who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. Bro, having someone... Giving him early, like, or earlier access to the new game in order for him mm, to get his, yeah. his process going and then being able to react shortly, like, let's say, in February, March, when more people hopefully have access to this game, like, for him to then deploy his methods and then, like, maybe on a last moment's notice, sign additional players or, like, I mean, unfortunately, also let go some of the players that um that might not be up to snuff that you thought that that would be and replace them because that's my understanding of gamba too he's willing to make the hard choices and ho like i would be surprised if many uh, players for uh, mayhem would be hired with like large contract assurances that couldn't get them out here in a timely fashion in order to uh, augment what you're doing there like i'm sorry but this is this is this is literally what currently the Overwatch League requires of you. I like I, I don't know if teams that have re-signed their full roster will do well. I my my gut feeling tells me they won't. And that mm. includes Shanghai. Interesting. We'll see. Okay. Well, I mean, um overall, I I don't think Nada's um perspective is coming from a bad place. I think there's frustration behind that for real, and it's justified frustration. Uh, and I've been right there. I've been, I've been, you know, justifiably frustrated in my own regard, grinding through tier two because I know exactly what that's like. You're putting a lot of hours for no guarantees, but I think that's a lot of what this industry is. And there's the closing thought is anybody out there who has this kind of belief, and this this in some ways extends to all of real life, all of life, and not just even esports. Overwatch is if you believe. I have put in an X amount of hours, therefore I deserve Y. That's just a fallacy. That's a lie. You need to get over that right now. Uh, that's a, not just, again, not just in esports, not just Overwatch, for your entire life. At mm. no point do you ever deserve anything. Putting out X or Y amount of number uh, hours does not give you shit. Um, because, I don't know, there could be a more talented person who put in half of your hours and is actually better than you. Um, Maybe you are. Maybe you are the best. Maybe you put in ten thousand hours and you are the best. 
and you got fucked over if that's the case you're incredibly unlucky i feel bad for you that's that's awful but uh that that will never be i think the be all and end all and you can't use that as justification at the end of the day there's a lot that goes on in terms of hiring decisions um and even in 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 real life in any job i don't think you could ever you know that i don't think that's ever going to be like the expectation that simply because i've had more experience than this guy i should be hired like that doesn't always make the best person i don't know i i just don't see that as the as the as the hill to die on as far as hiring goes personally true now just just to get ahead of this because like we i feel like we're having strong opinions on this but it also has an, a, a certain explosion probability right so just to double hedge us i think there's absolutely like theoretical scenarios where this is going to not work out for the mayhem uh, yep. as it should That's first fine. off because gamba has never been a head coach and always had like strong okay. head head coach uh personalities in front of him Prusty. i would argue that he was head coaching the valorant team at least at minimum co yes co co sure head coaching with packing sure sure um, i agree just yeah put that out there but, yeah. but like if he was to be the only coach, which I'm not sure he will be, um, like all his other uh, co-head coaches or other coaches he has worked with had very strong people skills, hmm. and yeah. that that might be something that the will may uh, have to look at in order for this to work out. Um, so that is pretty much like the the potential vector I see where. There could be problems arising because a season is long. You somehow got to get the have the boys like harmonize in some way, mm. yeah. and that is a very important and undervalued um, aspect of this game. Mm. That when you talk to even talk to the players that are witnessing um, good leadership firsthand, they won't even notice. You like we've heard this about. Packing, we've heard this about Moon, we've heard this about Get Amazed. Like, it's, it's not an obvious thing as in, like, blowing a player's mind based on, like, strategical insight or micro-insight or whatever. It is a subtle and skillful way to lead people in a way that they almost think they're doing it by themselves. And mm -hmm. that's a skill that basically every championship-winning team needs to a degree unless you're just, like, hard outskilling your opponents anyway right well um spent a decent amount of time on this topic i think it was a good topic though i think it was one that deserved a decent amount of time to it uh, and like arnold ceo of uh Soul dynasty genji once said you know sometimes the goal is i'm paraphrasing again is just if you can make it through the entire season without your team imploding you've done a great job yeah and that's what you need sometimes from your coaching staff and i don't know if Albert's going to be able to hire other people to fulfill that, or whether maybe he'll do that himself as the GM. But Gumba has even self-admitted that part of his weakness is him being able to kind of be the good cop in some ways to the team, which Packington was. So they had a great good cop, bad cop kind of vibe going on. They had a great like emotional leader, strategic leader in the same at the same time going on. So their partnership was very strong and both Valiant and Immortals for of Watch and Valorant uh, respectively. So. Without that half to Gumba's success, I will, we will see. And I'm not at all saying that Gumba is the best possible choice ever and that Mayhem are guaranteed success. Yeah, what Yeska said is true. Maybe they do fail, but 
that also, by the way, doesn't necessarily mean that if they if they suddenly fail, we get down the line and someone comes back it's like, ah, see, they should have gotten a tier two coach. Well, like, I don't. How the fuck do you know that would have worked out better? Like, no one actually yeah. knows. I, that's not a guarantee either. So, that's stupid. Don't say that, please. Um, yeah, but that's essentially coaching discussion for mayhem. So there you go, uh, mayhem fans. You are both extremely happy and displeased about that last hour of topic conversation because we actually barely talked about the mayhem. It was just about the whole coaching discussion, really. Um, <laughs> OG and BQB retired, and they are mm. which, and they have they still only have one player, and they're going for a mixed roster. Who knows what what the direction is now because yeah. the available Western talent is just not great, right, guys? So it's just. They're probably going to have to really strongly look at more Korean talent. That's as... what has me more concerned with this team more so than like Gunba coming in after a year sabbatical in Valorant is like, yeah. it seems like, again, seems from the outside looking in, either Florida's having an, not an issue, but like they're, they're kind of late to the party, which means that they have to go mixed at like a an emergency level where it's like, well, we can't really field anything else and we don't feel comfortable doing that. So we're just going to kind of like retain Yaki and go from there. Or they continue going Western and Yaki's like late to the free agent pool or isn't going to get a buyout. And now he just can't play. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared to not see this kid in the league next year. This is a great segue, by the way, to go into the discussion about open trials for Overwatch 2, because May Mayhem have actually announced open trials. So I think the, the and this is, by the way, also feeds into my sort of justification in my own head about why they wanted to move quickly with um, mm. their coaching, this, the whole coaching thing is because they need to lock down the most important piece first, which is their head coach, and then they can get into trials. Uh, I believe it's, it's it, what, is it open coach trials and um uh, and also player trials or am i got that wrong it's it's definitely player trials i just i, I saw something got brought up on screen there are they doing coaching trials as well could someone answer that or yeah yeah no coaching trials as well yeah yeah so both so they're going to do both yep um so they're looking for uh, a partner for gumba is that correct sounds like it yeah. yep coaching trials so they're not the only team doing open trials. And by the way, they need I think they need to lock down this head coach before they can really get into the trials. Mm -hmm. Uh if you really want to make good informative decisions. So this is another reason why you want to lock down a coach quickly. Otherwise you're gonna to have to do more work before you even get to like yeah, a player the open trials. Thing. Right. Yeah. Um so who is it's Mayhem, Shock. Um, who else are doing open trials? fusion and charge as well i believe yeah jeez yeah. So we have we have four teams doing At open least, trials yeah. yeah so what do we think about that because again teams are trialing on overwatch one currently i yeah I, what are you trialing for why like i and i don't blame the teams either but it's just like i don't know that this is even like the, the most informed call you know it's is this really where you, you want to be? Yeah, what there's really nothing do? to do, but I don't know. I, I'd be much more interested in, I mean, maybe they're just trying to budget it. I don't know. It's That's a tough one to wrap my head around. You know what this is to me is that for some of these teams, they have probably hit 100 specific plays that they already wanted, like for Mayhem. Oh, yeah. Um, I, don't know. I actually don't know. Actually, maybe Mayhem is not the correct move. Uh, Shock, who've 
we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit more in depth about the roster, but we'll, we'll probably transition this conversation from Open Trolls to Shock down the line in, in just a few. But Shock have actually had hunted a few players already, some based mm-hmm. on rumors, some announced. Uh, and now they're perhaps looking to fill this, the gaps, right? Mayhem are potentially looking to fill every, the entire roster with Open Trolls, or they already have a couple plays locked in that are yet, that are a near signing that Halo hasn't leaked yet, and then we're just trying to round out the rest with Open Trials. Uh, the Mayhem actually doesn't surprise me a lot because Gumba, who's known for the Gumba vision you talked about, um, you know, the the software he's written yesterday about how he can just, like, process a player's POV into relevant data metrics for him to then, like, pass over and find um, things he's looking for. I've actually talked to him a little bit about this, and he's kind of given me a little bit of info um, on specific stats that he looks for in players and what it reveals um, and stuff like that, and he's run through a lot of different players through this thing and that's how he finds guys like for anyone that's familiar with valorant this is how he finds guys like asuna and and shot mm. up who are two individually fantastic players in north american valorant uh that other teams overlooked right he he constantly finds these players that get overlooked because his gumba vision model of scouting is so pristinely accurate when he's 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 basically trialed and errored this thing to the point where like it's very it's very solid it's 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 proven absolutely proven because he's built multiple rosters off this yeah yep yep (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) all right joe (laughs) hello that's all yiska had to add to that (laughs) i i will say i'm gonna jump in front of like a possible youtube comment or a redditor take that will will just send me into the into the ether just because something happens once, we cannot cherry pick that. I think Yiska had mentioned this. I may have misheard him. Um, he brought up the name of Vala, right? We can we can talk about moving late to the postseason. Oh, well, Avala did it, and everybody can do it. No, no, no. That's because she did something very special with that team, right? That's not the standard. That's just a miracle. She pulled off a miracle for Paris, right? The way that she set up those trials, the way that their coaching staff worked together, to kind of do these, you know, pool style tryouts. Their result was an overperformance in every sense of the imagination. And you it's still only an average one. Sure, exactly. Right. right? Like, like you cannot expect that of everybody. Only 12th in the league overall during a ridiculous overperformance. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, I believe, not the expectation that the Mayhem have. No. Right. So. I I assume they will get some yucky bag. Um, I certainly hope so. I'm terrified for this kid because, again, the clock's ticking. If you're late to this and people have already made decisions, where do you have to go? Yeah. And uh, let's face it, we're not in a healthy league to where people are interested in paying a lot of money. Right? Like, I can't imagine that's the case. Again, I don't know. But from every piece of information that is public, I can't imagine that people are super interested in going, hey, here's 200 grand free hockey. I get the whole tax was, you know, lifted, but yeah, it's just, I, I'm concerned, let's say. I mean, if Yaki doesn't get sold, he literally just stays on the mayhem. Yes. Right. That's where it's like, um, okay. Unless mayhem, uh-huh. like, do some sort of weird thing where they just, like, cut him, they just terminate. Um... I I don't I'm not illegally savvy enough to I, know all the details behind I, that. I think he's already sold. Ooh. Okay. That's good. 
because I, I, I get it. because I know a team that tried to get him and couldn't anymore. Uh, I know. Okay. Uh, this is the thing is like when Yeska says something like that, it's like Yeska think or Yeska know. <laughs> those two things are kind of in tune a little bit. Read between uh, the lines, guys. Come you on, think, you think you can do it. You think you think Halo knows some stuff? Oh, you you haven't met Yeska yet, have you? No. Um, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. It's but um. And, and, I can't. I can't say much more, but yeah, I don't. don't think please, enough. I, please, please don't. Or you, we don't. I want you. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> there's, there's two well, options you know say, to this. Say whatever you say. Whatever you want, and and I'll just wipe my hands clean. Of it, and be like, <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, just, just and... two options. That like at this point, I think like either the mayhem has decided that they want to keep him, or a buyer has already been found. That's the two possible options at okay. this point. Okay. I mean, bro, you've kind of just listed the two only options. No, like the other thing could be that he's in the ether and will retire because nobody is interested, right? Like, okay, uh, that's Joseph. true. But the two most likely things is like he's either yeah. going to get sold or he's not going to get sold. Yeah. And he gets just like, I, I think I figured out, guys. He's either sold or he's not sold. Oh, boom. Can't take oh, another Yeah, or, or he could still be, you know, on the market, still weighing his options. I, I think uh, like he has definitely. Um, the choice has been made as far as I'm aware. Okay. okay, so any final thoughts on open trials? I guess what I was trying to go with this topic is like, hmm. is there a better way teams could be going about this? Uh, maybe <sighs> is it better just headhunt and, and, you know, try and just snag down I'd say some so. Or, or that's expensive. I think if you, I'm not saying they're trying to go budget, but there's, you know, there's a, there's a, maybe, especially for a team like Mayhem, I'll return to them, you know, you process... 100 plays through the gum division dude maybe you get a couple in there that you just you yeah, had maybe. no idea about you're like wow there was this guy that no <laughs> one's looking at that no one even knows let's drop this guy like i'm not saying a minimum contract but like mm -hmm. maybe something slightly on the cheaper side because he's not going to get an offer from anyone else anyway and you find like a diamond in the rough and mayhem can absolutely do that especially if they're going na sure. na based or like western based there's probably you know maybe there's like one or two really good players coming through from the second, third, fourth, fifth best team. And I'm not just talking about like guys like Dove. I don't actually know if Dove isn't even 18, but there might be some guy in there. There might be some guy in there that just like blows Gumber away. And it's like, we got to get this guy. I don't know. But the, the thing I is, Mayhem, Auto Valley, Auto Open Trials. I'm not too sure about the other teams. Like at this point, like the best things that you could do, rationally speaking, which is highly criminal, but like get a bag of Adderall, get a bag of. Modafinil from India, like through the dark web, what? put it in the in the snack bowl at the uh, team four office and try to get this game in your hands so you can make sound decisions. Because everything else is so noisy at this point. Like that was the most yiska description for anything I think I've ever heard. That was sayable on okay. the podcast. <laughs> well. That's there's there's your weekly yiskaism, ladies and gents. Yeah. Um, Adderall kind and Daphne. Kind of um, teased this already, but Shocker, one of the other teams, having open trials. Mm. Uh, and I think their maybe open trial strategy is to build around their core, which partially has been signed and the other part has been rumored. Um, and this makes sense to me. Like, you, you've probably headhunted who you wanted to, and now mm. it's about just filling off your side pieces or like, well, who would be good to just kind of like, you know, get some stuff going around the site. So to, to run down the news, um, first of all, 
9k is 9k back on is that announced or is that still a rumor i believe that's been announced let me double check okay so 9k is he is announced i think i I was just eric just dropped that it's okay he's announced cool 9k's come back with 9k uh violet's obviously been retained the only player that got retained until Mm -hmm. recently super got announced to be re-signed so he was actually uh, a free agent his contract was up he was exploring free agency market um i was aware of teams looking to get super but super has clearly made the choice to go back to the shock mm. so uh maybe there was a chance that super could have gone elsewhere but that that's exists in an alternate universe that we'll never know about as super returns to the shock as easily the most marketable player in the entire overwatch league and he's been with the shock for his entire career as well so yeah. uh, i think there was like a fun thing where people were saying that carpe was the only player that's been on the same team the entire time i guess super still remains then right yeah. super super and carpe now and around that returning duo of Super and Violet, rumored is the O2 Blast core of Proper Kilo and Finn. And I think that's been one of the spiciest bits of off-season news so far. That is mm. unconfirmed, but fun to talk about. I don't know that we will talk about it in the fashion. We're like, oh, it's 100% confirmed, but it's fun to speculate because you, you could assume that Halo has been pretty accurate so far. Um, we've been heavily speculating, like, okay, where could, especially, I, I, we haven't really talked about Kilo and Finn, but where could Proper go? And we were saying, like, maybe it could be Fusion. Like, oh, could it even be Soul? But then, like, you've already got Profit and Fitz there. You know, mm. could be this team, could be that team. Maybe an NYXL super team, who, who knows? But it turns out he's going to the damn shock. Andy Miller decided that after one year of not winning the Overwatch League, he's like, fuck that, we're winning again. We're going to go for that unofficial three-peat. We're going to go for that three-peat where we forget about this year, just rub it off the list, and just be like, yep, three in a row, baby, as he's locked down, or he is rumored to have locked down the most hyped-up rookie coming into the league since, like, Decay, really. So, wild stuff. And along with that is Kilo and Finn, so they're now two DPS, one tank, two flex supports, and they actually have a core of five players. And even if they play with only these five players, it's pretty strong already. Yeah, not only did he did they sign the hottest free agent on the market per nearly everybody you talk to, but his partners, right? In Kilo and then Finn coming in, who I believe is supposed to support. Everyone can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, flex support. Um, like how how is this not just an early bid for top of power rankings like that's nuts finn by the way is in my opinion the number one prospect for flex support out of contenders career mm. so you've got the number one play and then and then beyond that the number one flex support and kilo is pretty fucking good as well so yeah this is insane and we've and this is the start of the off season right like that's that's insane. Is this not does this not scream like shock like legacy where it's like I can't imagine in my heart of hearts do I think that the San Francisco Shock offered these three players hypothetically the most money possible? Probably not, right? I feel like this is a signing or these are acquisitions based on legacy. Like we have built successful world championship teams like shock reputation you talking? Yes. Yeah. I think this is this is mostly reputation where players want to win and they have a home where they can do so in the San Francisco Shock. I would say the Shock reputation kind of took a bit of a hit this year. 
Sure. So I don't think it's as as valuable as it was. I don't know if it's as valuable as like the whole oh Nero turned down mm. X or Y team to go to the shock because he'd rather be on the shock because who wouldn't, right? But now seeing Shock struggles this year, I don't think it's as valuable. What I will speculate is that this might have been one of the only offers for proper Kilo and Finn as a trio. And uh, that might be attractive for those guys to be like, well, true. we can come as a as a package. And if I'm proper, I'm like, well, I like Kilo and I like Finn. <laughs> and I like Violet. And I like winning. And I like Super. So fuck it. This is pretty probably a pretty, <laughs> pretty good team. It's like you know, maybe I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other teams only wanted proper and didn't want yeah. any of the else any of the other yeah. O2 Blast guys. Yeah, because this, from my information, that wasn't the highest offer on the table for proper. Mm. Ooh, yeah, doesn't shock me. And generally speaking, like the shock also gets away with having still decent salaries, mm-hmm. but. Definitely below market value uh, for those top top guys. Like, I think people would be very, very surprised what some of those players over the years were on for the shock. Mm. Players like Ans or stuff like that, sure. especially in his rookie season, right? I think that would be shocking for many. He was a rookie. You would be, it's shocking only because of how damn well he performed in his rookie season. Very true, yeah. Whereas, like, what uh, was uh, tell me if I'm wrong? Was was Hans a super hyped up player coming in? Was he like a mega Hans? hyped up player? No. Was he just like a exactly? So I, I think people are shocked in a hindsight kind of way. People are looking through their hindsight 2020 lenses and be like, oh my god, that's so shocking. Um, when really at the time, it's pretty reasonable. Mm. When you say, I don't know, it seemed pretty reasonable at the time. Yeah. Reasonable enough that Hans took the offer. I'm not. I'm not telling. Uh, we're not. We're obviously not saying what what the number is. And people will speculate. It's like, oh my god, he was a he was on bare minimum. He was below. Min-. No, I mean, I, no one's no, no yeah. one's gonna fucking tell you what the number is. It's, it's just uh, it's just under what like where you think Arn's a skill level. It's it was definitely below that. Mm-hmm. But it's below that because you know no one fucking knew he was gonna be Arn's. And speaking of Arn's, um, I think the move for Kilo is very indicative of shocks kind of divorced from Arns in a way where for me, as someone that's casted like damn near no, I literally just, I was going to say damn near no, I actually just have casted every single game Kilo has played over the last two years I if I'm Andy, I'd probably still go for Arns I don't, I'm not saying Kilo isn't good, but mm. I'm saying that Arns played at such a ridiculous level that I don't know if we're ever going to see another hit scan do that again, and sure, you could argue Arns didn't do it this year, I don't think the meta was really correct no. for him this year and beyond that i don't think his team environment was potentially there either uh, that's maybe me just talking shit so that's that that part might not be super accurate or i don't know what happened within uh, the shock you know internal mm. but i still look back at his 2020 performance and my jaw just drops and i look at a player that, that has done that and i look at a player like kilo who's very good but fuck me he didn't do what arms did I don't know, man. I, I, I like Hans. Personally, for me, I like Hans. But maybe, maybe that's just me. No. I think he will find, if he wants to, um, there's probably a home for him in the Overwatch League somewhere. And I, I would be surprised to not see him. Depends um, on the price. Man. Does he go back to Valorant? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's definitely some Korean teams looking at that APAC last chance qualifier that might, you know, could use him. Let's just say that. I don't know. 
So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's pretty reasonable that they took this off with a shot. I think when I when I saw this leak, mm. this leak slash rumor, I was not at all surprised. I'm like, wow, that's actually a pretty cool home. And it came a waves as well. Like I was, I think I was streaming at the time. My chat's like, yo, Kilo's just been signed to Shock. That means proper. That means like, just like, could there be more? And at the time, I I was like, well, that's just Kilo. Maybe you know, maybe Kilo's like, well, proper's gone to this team, and maybe X or Y play one of this team. Uh, Shock's looking for a new hit scan to replace Arms, and Kilo's that guy. I thought that's where it was going to end. And mm. they're like, yo, Finn's come on there as well. I'm like, wait, okay, now this is getting a bit serious. And then finally, it was like proper, or maybe it was maybe a proper first, but. When Proper's name dropped, I was like, oh, shit, there it is. There it fucking is. Yeah. Congratulations to the San Francisco Shock for winning the 2022 season. As, um, I don't know, I'm in love with this team. This five-man roster so far is is, is incredible. Mm. The only thing I'm not going to be in love with is how insufferable the Shock fans will be. Mm. Did you kind of expect, uh, you know, based on like your preseason kind of uh, assumptions around, or not assumptions, but like factual basis with proper like did you did you see him going this early i feel like this is kind of early for him did you kind of think that yeah maybe even deciding on a team if there was going to be you know any kind of like uh bidding war over him like you kind of expect superstar signings like that maybe a little bit later is it early for you is it i don't think it takes that long to complete a superstar signing like what? All the offers get put out in there. Every team that wants him puts an offer out in there. He looks at all of them and decides what 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 he wants. I yeah, don't think that I, should, I don't think it takes that long. Does it take long? I don't know. Yeah, and you kind of want to sign quickly, right? True. You don't want to get left in the dust. That's fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, so, be, while while the while the budgets are still fresh, hmm. you know, no, I think that very often these bangers are done pretty early in, into the off season right the thing is i think like it's it's hard to for people to have an intuitive idea just how good this kid is like i guess since harsha like wrote this in in yescord as well um so proper isn't like just like last seasons or the season before is like nuts kid apparently like they were scrimming uh, Vancouver Titans in season two. Keep in mind, either the best or second best team in the world throughout the entire season. Mm. And proper in scrims was one v sixing these kids, and that was once again true this preseason where they one v sixed Houston in the uh, in the in scrims or was it Houston? Uh, yeah, I think that's. I just read this uh, before the podcast, so um, that's going to be. Uh, nuts. Uh, when when he comes in, of course, like there's always the what if scenario. Not only like does he acclimate to the league? Is it not very different than uh, like playing from home? He has to be in another country for that. What about like the new game that we're going to play? Like, sure. is he going to acclimate into that? So there will always be what if scenarios. But the way this kid came up, I would argue is bigger than uh, Decay was. 100%. I think this is the most hyped up rookie signing in all of Overwatch history. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Bigger than, bigger than Leave. To be honest, Leave, Leave wasn't... Leave in his tier two days before Overwatch League, was, he was like really good, but he was not like a prodigy. He didn't become that until I think this year in the Overwatch League. 
um proper like this shit goes back years man this shit goes back when he was like so young like he's only 18 yeah i don't even know if he's 18 yet he, he will be by the time obviously starts next year uh he'll be sometime in, 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 at the end of this year because your most hyped up signings in the past have been like the Huxels, the Sparkles, the Decays, right? Mm. Maybe even Jonak. But that that year, everybody was a rookie, so that year doesn't count. Yeah. Um. So I I legitimately think this is the most hyped hyped up sign, most hyped up player for a rookie of all time in Overwatch history. Agrees. Yeah. Um. I I hold that. Uh, I will add one thing to what you said, Yeska. The one thing that could be a detriment is none of these O2 guys have played on a mixed roster before. And here's the thing is because they bring super back it is officially a mixed roster oh. and people weren't sure if it was going to be a mixed roster uh because super could have gone and they could have gone full korean who knows yeah so they're going to go mixed now and yeah you got 9k and crusty to facilitate that they're both super expansion mixed rosters they're going to have to be because yeah. the o2 fellas they don't know they they they've never played outside of korea they've never been played in america living and playing that that can change shit playing on the mixed roster that sure. can change shit uh, there is a non-zero chance that you know enough outside factors could ruin a good player. I mean, it's happened before, but time will tell, and we don't even know that it's official just yet. We're we're, spe- we're having a lot of fun Big speculating. Yeah. We'll see when Shock actually decide to make an announcement or not. Uh, but no matter what, proper will be or watchly bound somewhere, as I'm sure Yesco is very aware. There's plenty of teams. That would have been interested in him. Speaking of another player to move on to another topic that has been, uh, I would assume in some ways, had some hype around him in terms of where his free agency was going. Twilight is on Toronto, which might be potentially the most surprising or one of the most surprising yeah. signings of the offseason so far. Because a lot of people are thinking, could Twilight go to Fusion? Could he go to an APAC team? Twilight on Soul, even? I think Toronto was just out of left field, but he's mm. kind of joining some. You know, he's he's kind of joining the whole Hisu KDG KDG core there. Um, who knows what this roster looks like? Most likely full Korean, possibly mixed. But Toronto's been rumored to the whole mixed roster thing with Logics is a bit of a mess, guy. So who knows? Um, but Toronto, they, they could catch some good stuff. This is a, this is a decent opening signing for them. I would say this is fantastic for them i think this like i if you weren't which i wasn't i was definitely not uh thrilled with the idea of building around hisu as a formative piece um and i will definitely announce my bias i think twilight is an insane flex support yeah i've thought that for a very long time yeah um yeah, I'm excited to see where Toronto goes from this. I think this is a formative piece that gets me excited, wakes me up in the morning, you know, rustles my gym jams, promo code tactical crouch at manscaped.com. Uh, keep those gym jams nice and clean when Twilight gets signed. Like, that's that's some big moves. That's that's an explosive flex support that, you know, heading into a new game, when you want playmakers, few people can kind of, like, argue the playmaking prowess that uh, Twilight brings to the table, so. For yeah. sure, yeah. Got my eye on Toronto for sure. Not a team I expected to, but yeah, excited. Yeah, and they, they, I mean, Twilight is the first one. They definitely tried to make big moves, right? Like, they, they were looking okay. at some of the biggest, like, I, I'm pretty sure they looked at proper, and, you know, that's the sort of, yeah, the sort of um, idea you got to have with where they want to go. Um, 
if they will succeed in locking up their talent. I mean, Twilight is a great start. I wonder if they will have some trouble uh, boxing this okay. through. That at the same time, like I, I probably think like the way they're moving, it feels like to Toronto might have one of the bigger budgets in the league. That, that's a. I don't know that move. for sure, of course, but like right. it makes sense, and I, I assume Twilight got a bag as well. Um. So yeah, I'm excited for that one. Definitely, is like a great start to come out with that for your Rostep reboot. Like Hisu, uh, Twilight are definitely pretty good pieces to build upon. And then you just like you gotta continue. You can't you can't do the thing that you did last year, where you went like runner up team guy, runner up team, runner up team guy, and then scrap scraps for your backline or you know that type of stuff. Mm. Um, that doesn't work. And then also, like, just build sensically, probably just like one language, probably best for you guys. Uh, let them do their thing, and then try to do it that way. I don't know, like, but yeah, for now, I'm totally satisfied. Especially like after, like, we put some mild criticism into the water for Toronto's like pretty uneventful. Uh, performances so far in the Overwatch League. I yep. think that is once again like a a commitment to a pretty good uh, roster. I'm not sure if it will be the best built roster when it's oh. all said and done. Unfortunately, Shock and Dragons don't look to be like losing any steam. <laughs> uh, Dallas locked up their boys. So you gotta beat that somehow. But I mean, Twilight is one of the better free agents that were available for mm -hmm. that particular position anyway. And it removes the apathy around the team. You you kind of hinted at it, but like, name me a Toronto game from last season. Go ahead. They're the most boring, unstylized only one, team. Only one is the final game they played an entire season in the play-ins where he should popped off. That's it. Sure. Mm. Fair. Right. Like the most recent that comes to mind. Like that's that's kind of where this team sat. Like super dull, really boring, incredibly middling, middling. Like the epitome of average. Twilight gives you some sort of explosive power coming into a new game that you're not going to just feel apathetic about, right? He's either going to hit crazy nades from the flank or TP in and try to flank with Moira and feed, right? Like that's the type of player that they've just signed. So like, I'm, I'm excited to see where they head next. And I think getting a solid flex support is super important. It's so important. Like this is my game where I'm not going to backtrack too hard to the shock, but just to mention again, First of all, Finn replaces Twilight, so kind of not having Twilight return makes room for Finn, who, if you're looking to get some good rookies, I mean, there's no better rookie flex support mm -hmm. than Finn. Uh, but Finn, Violet together as a core, phenomenal. Shark clearly have a strategy for double flex support. Toronto going for a flex support first, Twilight, beautiful. Exactly what they need. Um, so I think a lot of teams are identifying that flex support is going to be an important position to lock down. Um, and, you know, Atlanta went for two supports there. I mean, they, they had, you know, an embarrassment of welfare. They could have had Iris and Ultravite if yeah. they wanted to, if they, they, they would record them to have a, require them to have a mixed team. Um, but Toronto here, getting that. And next is, who, who knows? They haven't announced any open trials. Maybe they're still headhunting. Um, we're maybe speculating that Toronto could be a high-budget team going for a decent roster. But there's a non-zero chance that they might miss the boat because... 
maybe they maybe they don't have the clout they don't have the the reputation that shock does people still want to join the mm. shock for the whole like shock magic Toronto's just kind of middling you, you like i don't think anyone looks at Toronto's like man i'm excited but uh maybe that changes when you have hisu and twilight as a core maybe now more players are attracted because of that um it would be sad that if you had hisu twilight and then the other three plus pieces were just not great that would be such a disappointing end for toronto and a disappointing home for twilight and hisu yeah when when and if they fail to secure other good pieces i feel like now that you've committed to two great players you need to keep going you need yeah. to keep going yeah and a player that they would have i'm sure loved to get to join this team would have been a full korean roster uh that would have popped the hell off as pelican no shit yeah. toronto if they were really wanting to try and build a god squad he's who pelican twilight would have been top tier yeah oh gets me goosebumps gets me, gets me going um i wanted to bring attention to twilight because he got mm. announced for the houston outlaws instead which is probably mega oh, surprising yeah. definitely to me yeah probably for all you guys, probably for everyone at home. I don't think any Houston fan realistically expected it. They maybe had some crazy hopium, the same kind of hopium, like, I'm going to win the lottery. Um, But then they actually did win the lottery. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Brad, like, fudged the numbers for them a little bit to help them. But damn, dude, I had assumed, I think we all assumed Pelican was going to go to a Korean team. Yeah, He's gone to a mixed roster because Dante got announced as well. Chess. Yeah, out of, the most out. That's of interesting. Field. Well, okay. So I think when we talked about it, like we said, okay, there's two options. Either this boy wants to go back to Korea, which makes perfect mm -hmm. sense given his health. Makes sense. Yeah. He wants to team up with like proper, because he's his old teammate. Rip or dream, by the way. Or there is another like relationship in the league that he feels strongly about and wants to team up on. And actually, that relationship exists with Piggy. So, like, from what I know, they are big homies. After scrims, like, video chat goes up. They chat to each other. They've just been friends for a hot minute. And... Oh, Stohan BK all over again. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The homie yeah. meta. The homies. Eric's already pinned it. The homie it's meta. It's the homie meta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's such a strong force. Like, I, I, I tweeted about it as well. Like, the... Like, you had Duck, Duck, Goose last year. Mm. Um, like, this time around, it's a lot of homie following and just, like, teams, like, players valuing going with with their homies to different teams and, like, just trying to enjoy their time. It's like following the co uh, coach. For the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. The whole moon thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. Um, uh, now we've got to kiss a homie meta where people just want to play with their friends. I, I don't mind that. I mean, fuck it. You yeah. do what... Team in, team environment is hugely important. I'm not going to try and pretend I know what's going on within Atlanta. I don't think anything necessarily went wrong. No. I don't think it can be that bad. You came second in the whole league. Yeah. It's, it can't be that bad. You must have been, had some good success. You must have had pretty good. I, as far as I know, the Atlanta uh, team is pretty laid back. I mean, those guys are the most like have fun players. Playing your little have fun Overwatch League tournament doesn't even matter. Every team... If, he, what did Gator say? He called other teams like fascist teams or some shit. He, he called them like. Did he really? Um, what did what he say? Something. Like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He's he's he called them like, um, not like dictated teams. You know what? Like like it just just pick a synonym for that. Basically, what he was trying to say is like other teams were like super hard. You know, breathing down your neck, and his team mm. was like, "Fuck it, yeah. just shop, put your feet up, 
play some play some ranked and fuck around. Um, not to say they didn't take it seriously because they still won and beat every other team, so they still show up and play. But their their mentality mm-hmm. was to take the pressure off themselves loose. and just go and win, and they absolutely dominated that way. And then their roster gets blown up anyway because I guess they wanted to go full full Western. Um, I still think maybe they could have kept Master. I don't know why I'm turning a Houston discussion into Atlanta discussion because it's kind of linked, guys. It's Pelican coming from yeah, it's context. Um, and then Pelican ends up coming from Atlanta to Houston to to the dismay, I'm sure, of all Atlanta fans because now everyone's like, "Fuck, hmm. why couldn't we have just kept Pelican?" But I guess there was always that still that one thing in there where the rumor still is Pelican wanted to be transferred away from Atlanta, yeah. and who the I fuck think- knows why. I think that's what Brad had tweeted about was like when a player approaches you with a heartfelt request, you kind of have to, you know, take that up on you. What's, you have to give it to request? him. Get me the fuck off Atlanta. Like, what is the request? I, I would guess it's <laughs> like, I want to, I want to play, play with, Piggy. with Piggy. Yeah. I guess that would be the first thing that comes to mind Piggy's is like, that, I want to play with my friend. Is he that like, I mean, I shouldn't try and pretend oh. I know how good of a friends they are. But that's pretty. That could be Houston. Yeah, that could be multiple contributing factors, right? Cool man, cool man must be like the the true galaxy brain here. It's like you know what? Because a lot of people were criticized, like, why, 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 how we kept Piggy over everyone else? How come we didn't keep X or Y was the other player, but we kept fucking Piggy? Uh, That's nuts. Right? That was a criticism. Now you understand. No, the the real Uh, nine thousand head play from Cool Man was like, yo, if we keep Piggy, we fucking get Pelican, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My guy's playing six dimension checkers here, you know? Mm-hmm. With God, it's just like that he knew. Cool Matt knew. Yeah, no. Well done. Well done. I think that, that works a ton. You know who also is homies? Prophet and Jonak. Again, people read are between the moving, lines. That's all I'm saying. You know, you just saying, let them know. Us, are you moving us forward, Yiska? Are you subtweeting? You want to move? I'm just into the kiss the homie meta, dude. Yeah, he's helping the homie meta. All right, just one last thing. Junk box coming back. Yes, just a good move. Cool stuff. Yep, done. It does ruin my three-way kiss the homie meta between the the nine (laughs) coaches. Yeah, crusty triumvirate on shock. But you know, aside from that, um, yeah, I do miss that shock three-way in the coaching in the coach line. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Also, miss me with like the DPS criticism for Houston. I think Dante Pelican is a nuts duo for like a Western, oh, yeah, like I'm a mixed roster. That's I'm nuts. happy about That's that. That's really happy. good. I'm happy Please about be that. happy. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to happy in a second, guys. Don't worry. We will get to happy. Um, uh, well, I guess you can't be too upset about happy going out with Pelican. I'm not saying Pelican matches hit scan with happy, but no. I think I think having two mega flexible, you've got two like fantastic flex players on the team. If you wanted to run a team where hypothetically you could have just two DPS and no one else, Pelican Dante is pretty good for that. I think oh. the two of them can basically cover the entire pool. Uh, this is where Ons yeah, goes. This is where Ons oh. goes. Uh oh. Dante Uh-oh. Pelican Ons is a third man coming in to play Widow Ash. Like Uh-oh. Piggy on S tank. Uh, that I'm not super thrilled with. Uh, Gangnam Jin as as flex support and <laughs> Boink as main support. Okay, well, all right. Listen, I'm statistical. To, I'm, not out. To, <laughs> I'm not trying to. Like, I I don't want. I, I'm about to give a really cursed comparison. You ready for this? This is, this one's gonna hurt. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't I don't want to undersell Piggy's talents too much. I'm sure like he's actually pretty good, but I think everyone's just kind of relegated him into the pigma corner, and it's like, well, he just plays Sigma, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and that maybe that has a kernel of truth. Maybe that's overblown. 
but is this a case where the whole piggy pelican thing is a new gesture and profit? Could be. Could be. Maybe. Ca the, the carry my homie meta. That's a story that I hope the Overwatch <laughs> League tells if that's true. Like, if that's true and Pelican, like, wants to play with Piggy, like, I hope that comes out. I hope there's content made around it because that would be, like, a really cool narrative to see. Develop, like, the duos of Overwatch. Like, that that kind of facet yes. really was never Flex explored. DPS and Off-Tank, the duos of Overwatch, a well-known duo. Flex well, DPS and Off-Tank. Not historically, <laughs> no, but... There, there needs to be like these these little no, there doesn't need to be but i think it's an avenue that people would be interested in if if that's the case we don't want to project right from somebody who does it often speaking um, of speaking of things that uh unless you had more to more to no, back no, up no. i don't want to cut you off no. uh, speaking see my of things that people really, really quick like really my my cool. mind is already like in the in the creation of like trailers when they or like music videos when they win the overwatch league and inevitably it's like basically like Pelican carrying Piggy, the pig, in his like beak pouch. And then when they're on land, <laughs> Pelican just sits on Piggy, rides him. And it's just like the new version. Uh, do you know that German fairy tale of the Bremer Stadtmusikanten, no. which is basically like. <laughs> uh, it's pretty common. German. No, no, it's a German. German. You guys know some German fairy tales. I'm sure you know Snow White. No, I don't know. Is Hans von Gretel a German fairy tale? Yes. Then I do. Then Wait. I, how how do you hear do Hensel and Gretel and don't think that is not the most German name you've ever heard? Like, That's why I brought it up. That's why I brought you, it up. You yeah. say that and you automatically have a bretzel and a uh, Weissbier in your hand. Where, by it could be Austrian. I don't fucking know. I mean, to be fair, that is also possible, yes. It could be fucking Swiss, I don't know, man. I mean, at, at certain points, that was all one thing, okay? Germanic. <laughs> what year you look in history, that was <laughs> Probably when it was created. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Did you have a point to this whole yeah, what, thing? Or, or have you, I just want to oh, see if a pig in a oh, just, pelican pouch. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You, yeah, you I want to get us back on track of like having actually like mm -hmm. music videos I... and content and stuff. You, you know, like... I still feel I still feel bad about not having like in season one. I thought about like you know, Spitfire flying machine. We put mm. gesture and profit on. Their their little flight machine is too heavy because Habak Pion is like dead weight as fuck. So they throw him out of the uh the the flying machine and then there goes like who else was rascal throw them out and like eventually they can meteorically rise and just like win the overwatch league that way mm. you know that and then just imagine like rise playing while that's happening sick see and that's what the pelican piggy thing could be All right, we'll, have to, cool we'll look, we'll like look forward to where the bromance develops for uh, Pelican and Piggy, who are now going to be <laughs> the... We'll see which animal duo is more favored, uh, favored Gator Hawk or Pelican Piggy, as we expand our list of um, animal zoo friends uh, and zoo teams that exist. You know, um, the funny thing is that I forgot about who y'all on that team, which, ironically, is probably the, my most frequented ev uh, piece of content ever, me singing NSYNC to who y'all starts betting, so. 
Do you know that video, uh, Avril? No. Oh, no. I, I oh, you have a lot to catch up on. Okay. <laughs> that and German fairy tales, apparently. Okay, <laughs> we got we got to we got to make up some lost time here. We got to catch up a little bit because we were going to move on to sure. Soul. Uh, Yuska actually pulled the trigger early on Soul. He jumped the gun again. Uh, but we're going to do that. We're going to do that properly. We're going we're gonna, to back on the starting line. All right. Uh, the ref's got us going. He's pulled the trigger, and we're all going to we're all going to get off on the same pace here. Soul, a promoter stalker from Gen G, their academy team. By the way, Gen G, this most recent season of Contenders Korea didn't play at all because they failed to qualify through trials. Rip, uh, which means we haven't seen Stalker for at least half a year. Uh, beyond that, as well, there have been some heavy rumors behind the scenes, and I'm, I'm I look at these rumors, and it's got me almost almost as excited as a proper Kilo Finn rumor. It's another trio of players. It's Jonak Smurf and Vindime. And Vindime is another uh, tier two player from Contenders Korea. He was on O2 Blast as well, but he's technically owned. His contract is owned by Tiger Nation, which is Gen G still. They're affiliated with Gen G. Mm. So he's still a, he's actually still a Gen G player. So really, they're apparently going to be promoting two players, Stalker and Vindime from Tier 2, and then adding some solid, solid veteran pieces. Like you could not get more veteran and venerated than yeah. this. Jonak Smurf, like, my God. Oh. Yeah, that's that's some hot, that's some heat coming into a game where we kind of were like yeah we don't know what to expect like will players stay will they go like will we see rookies like the 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 beginnings of the the postseason like roster moves already are like damn what does that team look like how does that team stack up against shanghai how does that team stack up against the you know hypothetical speculated shock roster like this is going to be a banger of a season regardless we've got some talent I yeah. mean, this is now you're starting to build that that real soul Korean super team now, mm. where and it's got a mix of rookie and mm -hmm. uh, you know rookie plus veteran talent on there. I, would you? We, I, I guess you have to technically start considering Korea to be a bit more veteran. He's been there for a while now, even though I for some reason I still look like I still look at Korea. I'm like, man, Korea is going to have a great rookie season next year. Like he's already been in the league for like a, like a year and a half now. Um, mm. but you got creative and Vindime on the back line. Uh, you got Smurf on the tank. Oh, sorry, Jonax also apparently on that back line. So you have two flex supports plus a main support. Great options. I like that. Smurf, I believe, is the only tank currently. Uh, and then they got Profits plus Stalker. And I, tr I actually think Stalker is someone that's also cast like every single game Stalker's played for the last mm -hmm. two years. Um, a great rookie talent. Doesn't get me as hyped as proper or any of, or, mm. or even plays close to proper, like let's say MN3 and stuff like that. But Stalker has been Gen G's best player for some time now. Mm -hmm. uh, may and maybe the bar set low because Gen G as a team has not performed well in tier two almost ever. Their best result ever was in Gauntlet last year when they came second in Team CC, which was, don't get me wrong, a great result, but they did have 2U carrying them. And before anyone shits on 2U, he was really good on that team. And 2U, I still think, had a good run. Um, but Sol overall as a team did not play super well. And I don't know, 2U kind of. Two on the diva is is fantastic, but you know I don't know maybe 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 things fell apart from this year. Can, uh, I I still think he was an underrated player. Can you give us an idea of Vindime? Just like what kind of a player yeah. that is. So mostly Brig this year, but that was also due to the meta. He he traded playtime between Chio, who was the main support coming through from Runaway, who got added on to O two. So Vindime plus Chio 
we're heavily swapping playtime, which is some ways a little bit rare for main supports. You never really hear about main supports being subbed mm. in and out for each other, right? Like that seems like a not standard thing. Previous to that, O2 had Sanguina, and Sanguina have been done with also trading time. So O2 as a team had always been quite liberal in running through the entire substitution bench roster. A lot of teams have a bench where people are permanently benched. O2 is one of the few teams that I don't think have like perma perma benches because even the players that I bench get significant playtime. The only players that never see the bench at all are obviously the propers on the team. Proper will never be benched on the team. And I believe at various points, they only had the one main tank. Or this season, they only had the one main tank. So he never got, Jumba never got benched. Um, so Vin Dime is a player that's had, had, I think he's played well. Uh, he was good. At various points, he was better than Chio. Sometimes Chio was better than him. I don't think there's anything... Like To me, he's not like a Lee J gone. He's not coming in like super hyped on that position. But Lee J gone is like... Mm once in a blue moon kind of player maybe chorong yeah. from talon who's another player that's been looked at and talked about a lot could be the next lee jagon i've even called him the next lee jagon so I'll, I'll own that statement personally you know as something that i've said so i don't look at vin diamond that that kind of lens but i also don't look at stalker in that kind of lens as well i think they're both adequate pickups i think stalker in particular fills a role that's required because whoever joins as the third dps on this team is probably going to get bench, bench behind profit and fits let's be real profit still profit Fitz yeah. is easily the best up and coming player. I say up and coming being like he's underrated <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. He's yeah. underrated as fuck. Yeah. He is he he is like to me the next lip. And I thought that he could have been the next lip this year, but then obviously lip was lip. Next year he could be the next lip. He is mm-hmm. that good. Everyone, you talk to coaches, they think he's Moon thinks he's fucking great. Lip thinks Fitz is great. Uh I think Fitz is great. And so everyone, no matter who joins this team as a DPS, you will play behind profits. So you're going to have to get a guy like Stalker who's potentially okay with riding the bench for a little bit. Good good third man, I think, for this team. Um, yeah. There's a few... Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe my memory is fleeting. Um, but were there not some metas where it was like Echo Tracer where it was a little bit more difficult? Um, yep. You know, where, where Prophet obviously wants to go one way, but you also kind of want him to go the other way too, and you just don't have yep. that, that equal... Yeah. Um, not to say that Fitz can't play the game well, but that's just not his wheelhouse. Um, I think Stalker he's never been known for Tracer. He's never yeah. been known for Tracer or Echo, and that's been a bit of a problem. Stalker yeah. comes in with the Tracer and the Echo, so you, you take your pick. Whatever yeah. one proper plays, he'll play the other one. We're looking at this from an Overwatch 1 lens. Overwatch yes, 2, who exactly. the fuck knows? Overwatch yeah. 2, the, the world where maybe Fitz gets benched is if you go double flex DPS in Overwatch mm. 2. That's the world. Let's Possible. say, I don't know, Genji Echo. I don't know. I'm spitballing. You know, back in that world, it's, it's his bench. So it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good lineup. I Soul's another one that's just coming out with heaters. Yeah. It's... I think Soul's tired of losing. I think they're I think they're tired of like not living up yeah. to their they said, fuck it, we're gonna build we're gonna build a god squad this time. The thing is like Soul was always like exactly they they had a bit of the of the Toronto problem, where, like, you had a couple of great pieces, mm. and then you had a pu- couple of honestly shitters, dude. Like, in context to to the rest. Like, there's yeah. so- some players in there uh, that... Marvel wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree. Um, but, like, I think they, they all had applications in, in some matters. That's probably mm. true for Alamo, Gesture, and Marvel. 
they just didn't have any stability there in those roles. And like, I don't even want to blame to you too much, but like, or creative who was also playing uh, pretty well. Um, And after all, I mean, so it was a run up, but um, I don't know. Like this team definitely just have a coherent, like, and pretty, like, I I don't I understand the idea that you don't want to just build a super team and those don't work out. At the same time, like who has really tried that? Like everyone's saying that that like you know the Justice didn't have a super super team. They had a yeah. pretty weak backline, right? Does London count? Season 1? They won the league. Yeah, agreed, but yeah. is that what was expected okay. throughout the season? I mean, maybe uh, I, I mean, they didn't one. have the best performance. Yes, NYXL was the best. They won stage one, yeah. and preseason, I would say they were one of the strongest teams preseason yeah. because no. they had the Kong do GC Busan core. Yeah. And GC Busan had just won Apex. Yeah. Right? That, Without so, a doubt. Yeah. Like, they, you they, talk about super team, that's probably where I'm headed. And it's like, it, is that something you're comfortable with banking on? Granted, it's, of course, different people, the, different strokes. The thing, the thing is, if you look at the top three, let's say this year, which I would argue is Sheng, uh, Shanghai, Chengdu, um, and uh, Dallas, and then you could even include uh, Atlanta into that sure. as well. Yeah, who's a bad player on those four teams, or an average player? Just, I mean, on Chengdu. People, yeah. people will tell you Jixer. People will say Jixer on Dallas. Sure, sure, fair. Um, and then That's, oh, dude, yeah. Chengdu had a lot of fucking average players. Yeah. Let's not get this. You want to get into that? Late Young wasn't like wasn't bad, but are when you he played, paying? yeah, like he he played you know pretty I mean? well. I think though, like yeah, but you, you don't. I think their vert- yeah Chengdu's verticals when they were good and they were all hitting the mark in, in the very specific areas they were supposed mm-hmm. to were all great. You give Jimmu a specific meta where he can play exactly the fire or the Genji, which you would argue he kind of did, was able to play that most of the fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. But they were so fucking inflexible yeah. that they they were like the, the most hard one-trick team in yeah. the entire league. Uh, well, I mean, Atlanta were pretty one-tricky as well and at various stages, so were Dallas. But my God, Chengdu, Chengdu were one-tricky in the stage where it's like, it's not because like they're just choosing not to play other comps, which is what other teams did. They literally yeah. fucking can't. Yeah. Because their players here pools won't let them do it. That that's um, the thing though. Like that same thing was true for Seoul to a degree in the season they got second. They just lucked into the Roadhog situation where Jesha could yeah. just pop the fuck off for that uh, entire playoffs run. Like, yes, that is then possible. But you don't want to depend on that, right? Like, you don't want to be in the position where you have to hit the lucky meta in order to be consistently good throughout everything. You want to have the guy that is, like, a top five in in the uh, heroes you want him to play consistently, right? Which means, by the way, Solo mm -hmm. only need one more piece. I think they just need an off-tank, and they're they're done. Three DPS, three supports covering double flex support plus one main. Yeah, I agree. They have the double flex DPS plus a hit scan. Yeah. They have one main tank. They just need a solid off tank, and I think Solo locked and loaded. And then I would look at this team and be like, "I like it. I like all the pieces." Mm. Um, and I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something really controversial right now. I wouldn't even hate it if Two U was that off tank. It's yeah, it's not gonna not be. It's all. not gonna be. It won't be. But I think Two U's underrated. 
And people say like, oh, how can you say it? Like, you know, the tank line was bad this year. I'm like, yeah, why? Well, I, I, that could have been a coaching problem. Yeah. That could have just been a tank synergy. It could have been fucking Jester and Marvel that ruined the tank duo with, with what the fuck? Like, what do you want two of you to do there? All I know is I've casted his fucking footage in tier two. I've looked at his POV. I've talked to other off tanks who looked at his POV and who's, who have told me two years Diva is fucking great. I'm not going to talk about his Zai or Sigma or other picks, but I think his Diva is fucking good. Um, and I think Two You was just maybe a victim of being in a bad team environment, just being in, in a team that just didn't work. A dysfunctional team. A dysfunctional mm. team can make a lot of plays look bad. Yep. To which people love yeah. people's like, oh, but Avril didn't, well, Profits and Fitz were still, yeah, okay, you're at a DPS carry role. It's different. It's different. I'm sorry. You're not, you're not playing a support tank. You're, play, you're playing a fucking DPS. Um, so, I don't know. I think Two You is hard underrated, but I wouldn't hate it if they just went for like, you know, a solid off tank somewhere. Um, they go going by Fury. I wouldn't. I mean, bro. I don't. I don't know. Who says no? Washington. I don't think Washington let him go. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. If I was Washington, I'd hold on for dear life. But, but um, bro, I, this I would have fucking. I would have said Choi if he didn't retire. Oh, real talk. There's ugh. there's this one nagging feeling that I have for the for like what you need in Overwatch two. Mm-hmm. Who were the best Zarya players in the league? In in GOATS? Like, yeah, no. Uh... <laughs> what kind of players were those? GOATS? Hmm? In GOATS? Yeah. They were all you... DPS players. Yeah, you're talking about ah. DPS. Ah. Okay. What if... Hydration. Now, what if the best transitioning players uh-huh. into the new tank... Roll. Or DPS instead. Uh, DPS. Actually, DPS. And you don't want the main tank or the off tank. You want Swamp one of DPS. those and then a DPS. Yeah. Because. So Stalker's like, that guy then. <laughs> maybe it's Stalker, maybe it's Prophet, right? Yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. What about his Arya? Right. Like, I can't shake this feeling that just for that reason, you should always have three DPS. I was recently rethinking, like, my roster building approach, and I feel like. You almost surely want to double up on DPS because if every tank now plays more aggressively, has more charges on their offensive abilities and whatnot, is more aim reliant, um, with everyone getting like seemingly like a new aim ability, um, and like already being established that like the 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 heavy damage mechanical tanks are best played by DPS players. Uh, dude, maybe, maybe we are killing every tank in the Overwatch League when it's like after season five, and like it's all DPS players now. Everything is DPS now. Best Briggs DPS. Hey, that sounds like a Bro, great game to me, and I feel bad for the, the tanks. This but, is the thing. Hey. This is the truth that everyone, especially the casual people in Overwatch, they will hate this. But hey, truth hurts. And the truth is, the best players in Overwatch are the DPS players. Thank you. That's the truth. Thank you. Yep. I don't even think it's a hot take. I think it's a hot take to people who are, like, delusional. Yeah. People who have their heads stuck in the sand, like, no, it's not true. It's fucking true. Mm-hmm. The best players in Overwatch are the DPS players because it's the most mechanically high skill ceiling role. And you see the most mechanical players on those roles. Like, it's the most difficult role to play, not just for mechanics and skill ceiling, but fucking hero pull demand. No role 
demands yep. a wider hero pool and and more flexibility yep. than a DPS, which is why when I said Lee was the best player this year, note that I didn't say best DPS player, I said best player. Mm. Because if you are the best DPS player, you are automatically by default also the, just the best player in the league. It's just the, the most skilled, dude. Like, mm -hmm. And then, like, I'm not sure how close flex is. I feel like it's not too far away in terms of like the general skill level of flex players. Like I, I feel like, for instance, someone like Alarm, uh, someone like Violet, they can Violet, for sure. play DPS, right? Like to to a pretty high level. But generally speaking, if we're just talking about skill and specifically mechanical skill, but also like, I mean, all, I always say like mental tick rate or whatever. So the mm. and the ability to just like take in information and make uh decisions in quick succession based on that uh, while. Not necessarily, you know, binary reaction time, but actually the reaction time it takes you to come up with a solution to a novel problem in the moment. DPS are by none the best uh, group of players in, in Overwatch. And if that game is moving towards that, dude, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the only reason why top-tier DPS players are not in the other roles is probably because it's too so boring for them. Like, if you could, if you could motivate like leave to play tank, he would be the best tank in the world. Mm -hmm. Yep, without a doubt. Again, it's it's one of those hard truths that <laughs> <Yeah>. people don't <laughs> work. So um, you got to swallow that down with a lot of water, my friends. Yeah, half a, of you. That's a concrete fucking pill to swallow. <laughs> but uh, I hate to say it, but. It's not guaranteed, but you know, maybe some people's brains just don't function away. Like I can't, I can't deal with. I, I personally, for me, I can't handle holding up a fucking shield. I can't. Ha Ryan to me is the most boring shit that exists in Overwatch by none. Um, people think of people's like, oh, wrist is boring. Like, bro, Ryan's fucking. But I snooze. I sleep, <laughs> dude. It's boring <laughs> as fuck. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, it's not about my experiences here. It's where we have to. So Soul, happy with that. Speaking of happy, Justice have announced. Mm -hmm. I would say a pretty pog champ yeah. kind of an uh, announcement here. It's happy joining from the Houston Outlaws. Jerry has departed the roster and they're rumored to get Krillin as well. Um, and they got Ty Dollar not that long ago as well on the coaching staff. So potentially Washington could be like a pretty competitive-looking roster. I mean, we don't know what else it, it's going to look like right now. I believe the team, as of this time, is Happy, Decay, Assassin, Magna Fury, so they don't have any supports unless Krillin, well, Krillin could be coming in for that. They would still need a second support, which mm. would bring their roster then to seven. Yeah. I think it's a, just a strict uh, upgrade. Um, yeah. Great third piece. Um yeah, seems fine. I, I was hoping for more wholesale changes, not to say that more aren't coming, but kind of bizarre that this is their, their start. Um, not that it's a bizarre start, because Happy is a good player. I don't think was super... I think at the beginning of the season, I would have said he was like hyper-utilized, but by the end, they were. It, it seemed like Houston was trying to force a lot of like tracer comps that he just didn't seem very comfortable with um for whatever reason um you know i, I give that to the coaches so because most most hard hit scan players that are committed to playing hit scan are not 
traditional tri supplies anymore in 2021 anyway agree yeah. 100% and that's why you know obviously Houston is in a pickle there because they didn't have uh both options um not great either way so I I do feel for them there um but happy you know there's there's no love lost for how good he is right um so I yeah I think he's a strict upgrade over Jerry um fills a similar role and will do it very very nicely like where like where it's headed, I still like more moves from Justice. If I'm, gonna be I honest. like the team so far. I'm a little bit concerned that Krillin is just another sideways move for Bebe. Yeah. But yep, happy, cool. Tuba didn't really have much of a place on this team. I think that's fair. Um, as I said, I think having a, a trio of DPS players that covers two flex, one hit scan is correct. So you have the K Assassin for the flex, happy for the hit scan, beautiful, love that. Um, Mag and Fury, still solid pieces. Fury, especially, who I expect to get a lot of playtime as a solo tank. Mm. Uh, just because a lot we've kind of established it off tank is probably the more desirable role for that right now. Speculatively, that is. We don't know for sure. I'm just concerned that we're going to get another Bebe Closer situation. I'm not saying Bebe and Closer were yeah. awful, but like the, the, they were clearly the bits of the team that were, you know, not the super big names. And I. To be fair to them as well, to throw them a bone, I don't think their big name players really like had those huge big name play plays you expect. Like Fury and Mag, especially, didn't really stand out in the ways they did on their previous teams. Decay, even there were a couple of Decay moments, but he was nowhere near the one v eleven Decay yeah. that he was on Fuel in a yeah. way as well. So a lot of their superstar positions weren't even that great. So you can't put too much blame on Bay Bay and Closer, but they were definitely targeted. Um. And I don't know. I like I I Krillin, he's 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 great. Maybe he popped off in scrims. He doesn't stand out to me. He was a good player, but I don't think phenomenal. I think he's a he's a he's a great journeyman player. Uh yeah, cool. Deserves a second shot at the league. But there is a concern that he could just be another baby. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. And to be fair, like to Decay, he just still at some of the like highest uh, kills per turn, for instance, I think the highest okay. in the league, very close, uh, close uh, in front of Leaf, but he also only had to Leaf do it had on the highest was... Final blows per ten in the league. Oh uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe exact, through uh, through playoffs and everything. 10 10. Yeah, yeah, I think the K was definitely like close, and then nobody else was close uh, as far as I remember. Um, K would have been in like somewhere just below Leaf, right? Yeah, something like that. And. Like, I think he still had a solid performance. Once again, he doesn't have to do it as on as many um, heroes as Leaf did. So that needs to be considered in that uh, equation. But yeah, I mean, overall, pretty pretty rough year for the Justice anyway. And yeah, I don't know, like, how they're... Like, what... I'm a little scared that they just doing the same thing that he did last year, but a little bit better and hope it works. Yeah. And I'm not sure it would be. Like right? I, like, I'm a little concerned about these players that are mostly known for pure hitscan as well for Overwatch 2. Are you? Because, like, and once again, like, this is super speculative, but... Sure, yeah. Does, does Overwatch 2, like... The idea of Overwatch 2 and the pace of the game that you imagine it to eventually have, does that feel conducive to, like, playing Widow and Ash? 
I think um, it's more likely than that sounds. I think hit scanners sounds really strong on Overwatch too. Yeah. You have less shields, less damage mm -hmm. mitigation, yep. less ways for your hit scan damage to just be blocked. Right now, you want to play hit scan, you just you just play you know over shield. You're just playing shield watch. You know, you just shoot two shields as mm. you want. You know, boring. Mm. Um, that's been the complaint. They're they're not only removing double shield because you're gonna have one tank, but the tanks that do remain have their shields nerfed. Ryan's got less shield in Overwatch two than he does in Overwatch one, yep. and his his shield in Overwatch one already got nerfed. From where it was, it was at two thousand, then it got nerfed down. What is it? Sixteen? It's twelve hundred in Overwatch two, I believe. Um, so that to me is absolutely like a prime environment for a hit scan to shine. In fact, based on most of the pro feedback, most pros were saying Widowmaker is going to be fucking broken in Overwatch two. Like hit scan is going to be crazy in Overwatch two. Is, is is some of the early, early talk that I had heard in, in the grapevine with 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 pro play feedback. It, it could um, very well be the case. My rationale is, who keeps uh, those headscans usually alive? And that's usually, some in some way, the, the off-tank that's doing that. Who, sure. who keeps them alive against if healing... Uh, yeah, against like a, just a, a tracer sitting on you. Um, and especially like with potential healing debuffs coming in, with like more dive-centric um, compositions possible. Like... I wonder, like how how possible that is. Maybe it's it will turn into like the the, the snipers slash hard hit scans mm. need an early advantage in order to be feasible. Because like once you're in, you're in, and then it's really hard to point. come uh, win from behind. But yeah, I'm I'm wondering how because like this season, that's probably the worst season. Season four was the worst season for hard hit scans yes. ever. Agreed. I think that's a tank. I think that's coming through in tanks because you have ball diva diving on you forget about the tracer sombra for a second the ball diva diving at you is the primary problem mm. removing the second tank from diving in your face i think already alleviates yeah. a lot of the die pressure i know you're talking about like oh yeah the trace coming dude if i'm a mccree i don't give a fuck i flash that trace instantly yeah mccree is no different yeah i agree it's mm. the tanks it's the tanks flying in my face that's the problem Mm. And you'll say, okay, well, that, that's yeah. maybe that hit scans, uh, 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 remove that. But then, okay, uh, Ash, one less tank. I'm, I, I think, I don't, I think Ash can deal with flanking yeah. DPS is fine. You got, you know, you got the options. Uh, even Soldier, this, it's not that bad. You start sprinting, pop down your little healing pad. You, you, you can sustain against a tracer coming at you. Uh, it's the tanks that are in your face that you can't deal with as a hit scan DPS. That's my opinion. Yeah, with one less of them, it's a lot better. Yeah, Eric draws a a good point to, uh, you know, rightly mention that the developers have teased that you know CC is getting a pass over. Um, maybe certain characters don't have their CC abilities. Maybe okay. Well, they're... Flash doesn't stun anymore. It still does something. Correct. Yeah, it's going to do something. Uh, whether that deters through damage or through some other means. Um, my Even my you just roll away. You can you can I I. You can still roll Agreed. and right click and do all those things. Like, hundred percent agreed with you there. Um, my big concern is when it comes to map geometry. Like, if there's really strong positions for them to play, then I feel like they can be almost oppressive. Um, but in general, I think they're going to be good. Um, and a kind of a, a refreshing take on on the game. I think it's going to be good that we see hit scan actually being pushed. 
I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think most players have talked about Hitscan being oppressive more than anyone's talked about, like, oh my god, I don't, oh. I don't, uh, Hitscan's gonna yeah. have a place. Oh, they will. I, I tr firmly believe that. Um, which, and that's maybe reflected in the signings as well, where mm -hmm. everyone's picking up maybe one hard Hitscan here or there. Yep. Any other thoughts on Justice? Now, I, I is, hope there's more moves. Is there one obvious elephant in the room that a lot of people are talking about? I'm not sure how justified that is, but should they have made coaching changes? Well, they've added a coach. They've made at least yeah. one coaching change. Mm -hmm. I guess the question you're asking is, is that enough? Yes. Right? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't have the insights to answer that question. Um, coach of the Year nominee Supreme? Come on, man. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I, it's a, it that definitely, by the way, was a complete piss take. Um, I, I wonder how that nomination happened. I think even people inside the justice thought probably. I, I'm not putting anyone words in um, their mouth, but it was so, yeah. a little bit of a strange one for sure. Um, that roster should have been better than it was. Uh, generally speaking, the direct assumption then always is like the coaching staff didn't did do as much as they should maybe that's erroneous and if you have good reasons uh to well, to know that things should be happening differently and you believe that then i mean I, d I don't mind just sticking to your guns if you believe in the in the vision and i mean at the end of the day you just got to present us the results and then we are made the believers but the pattern that we find here meaning we have a nice super team um, that became like barely one that made play-ins, didn't make Hawaii once, despite having a pretty good of schedule and getting to avoid first week matches, which were their weakest, twice. <sighs> I don't know, dude. Like I, I would have, I would have thought there would would be more radical changes to this. I, I felt like they had bigger problems than the magnitude of their changes suggests in terms of the coaching staff. But maybe that's not the case. It's it's such a hard team to diagnose. Yeah, and it's hard to, for me to just be like, oh yeah, hookery was a problem. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. What I do know is that Chiwa was fantastic on O2 Blast working with Prop and Pelican back in the day. Mm. And before anyone says, oh, maybe he just got carried by Prop and Pelican. Well, nope. As soon as he left, O2 Blast shat the bed in the next season straight away. Um, which, by the way, is also my evidence for like people that keep saying like, oh, how come people don't pick up O2 Boss? I'm like, I don't know if O2 Boss is that proven as a coach. Mm. Maybe he's a great emotional coach, but they locked a lot of strategic depth after losing Chiwa for season two last year. Where like, I don't know, man, O2... <laughs> O2 boss was not able to carry that team on the coaching side to get them further. For a team that just won a championship with fucking Pelican and propping your team to bomb out, I don't know what the excuse there is. Um, enough about O2 Blast, though. That's just my credentials for why I think she was sure. good. High dollar, everyone speaks super highly of. Uh, mm -hmm. Glad did well on Gladiators this year. Um, I believe it. You know, the well, the number one evidence that you can have for coaches being good, because at the end of the day, it's hard for people to know what the fuck coaches actually do. Yeah. Um, is player testimonial or just testimonial from anybody. And and people saying Ty Dollar is good is hey, that's a tick in my book. So the only question becomes supreme. 
but I don't know what Supreme's what is his ultimate role. Is he a moon? Is he a facilitator? Is he the, the so. pat on the back saying good job, yeah. well done? Or is he calling the shots and he's making the comps and he's dictating the strategy and all that kind of stuff? Who knows? What I will say is that like you look at Washington and as far as adding to the point, like they're obviously a team that should have done better than they were. Mm. But what was perplexing about me, and I guess technically speaking, if we've got to be fair, they did go to Hawaii for playoffs, um, is that you looked at what they did in those playoffs. It was very one-dimensional. This was a team yep. that mm. I think specifically you heard from, uh, it might have been Pre that said this, but it was within the, the Washington staff. It was like, you know, they made the decisions to play what they were going to play based yep. on what was going to give them the highest chance of winning. And that's the kind of line you give and you say when your team is backed enough into a corner where like, shit, nothing is working. Oh, well, you got to do the thing that's going to give you the highest chance of winning here. Whereas like winning teams, which is like, no, we just play the thing we're going to, we're going to play the, we're just going to play the best comp. We're just going to, you know, yeah. do the thing that wins the because... championship. They're not, they're not trying to get by. Whereas like, oh, we're going to yeah. play the thing that we're going to give us the highest chance. Of winning. That sounds like you're getting by. Yeah. No, like the best teams have the ability to just, make the best comp by playing the best and others not catching up. It's not necessarily the absolute meta solution. Uh, they're just too too good for others to invest into a counter. So, But what I will say, I think something that would communicate a lot of confidence, title is one. I think that like and it, it, that's one of the coaching categories. Like People that watched Tactical Crouch for a while probably know the name, but I I turn my head if you guys if the justice were to sign Moby Dick, like everyone I talk to about Moby Dick, basically said like that's the if uh, one of if not the the most impressive mind they've uh, worked with strategically, in terms of uh, like Moby Dick initially with the Toronto Defiance, then later on with the uh, Philly Fusion also through last season. Um, and now I believe currently FA. Um, so that's someone like if you need strong strategical back and forth between two coaches, which by the way, probably was something that was happening in the shock all the time between like, uh, crusty nine K and junk park back in the day. Then you probably want someone like Moby Dick who can, um, also like come up with new strategies um, and also be a good, like, person to bounce ideas off for Ty Dollar and, you know, constructively c criticize those. Just wild because, you know, you feel like Fusion was another one of those teams, right, that should have done better with what they had, with, with the caliber of plays that they had in various positions, quality of coaching, 9K, Moby Dick, um, Fusion and, and Washington in many ways were like almost sister teams in the areas that they failed in. Um, yeah. Which leads me on to the next topic of discussion here, if we're happy to move on from Justice Now, is some of the leftover teams that really haven't made any moves. And before people, you know, obviously there's, there's teams that haven't made any moves like Valiant. We're not expecting them to make any moves for the longest time. It's not really looking at Vancouver either. Like who knows there? They're probably not going to make any significant moves until much later. Uh, the teams that should be making some more significant moves that we haven't seen anything about or not enough from, strangely, are like Fusion NYXL, where shit is flying off the shelves left, right, and single proper being signed, Smurf's yeah. gone, Twilight's gone, Fusion NYXL, they're sitting on 
Fusion have Alan uh, MN3. Is MN3 official? I think he is. And then NYXL's on Flora. That's it. And NYXL could not retain uh, Jonak. And I believe, were they trying to retain Jonak? Is, is that the belief? They were, they were definitely attempting to retain Jonak and couldn't do so. Um, it seems like Fusion and NYXL are, are currently b behind the, the pace and losing in the offseason a little bit. Yeah, most most definitely. When it comes to like the hot button, you know, premier deep not DPS, but just like rookie players coming in. Like, I don't know where else you go. Maybe some of the leftovers from Shock might be interesting. Um, still good pieces in contenders yeah. career, but do you do you want a full rookie team? No, you want. Do you want alarm plus five rookies? Is that is that what this is? Like, what is it? Does that give you hope? Is that? It's not. And by the way, they're not going to be the best because proper's gone. Yeah, proper's gone. So you're not even getting like the fucking star rookies now. You're getting the leftover rookies. <laughs> the leftover rookies, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like mayhem really? with the whole Atlanta situation with AT. You're getting yeah. the leftover NA players now. Yeah, I mean, you could still get Yaki, right? Like, that's yeah. Um, you could be getting Ants, you could be getting could grab Glister, I guess. Yeah, Glister makes sense. Um, who else is still on there? Like, Eric has the list up. So, our um, our yeah, Discord Sato. members uh have kindly ranked their free, free agents. So, the top Sato, list, Calendar there. Yeah, in terms of tanks, yeah. Nice is a good player. Nice is technically there. Xy's there. Xy wants to play on a Korean team. This is all available. Shockwave available. I guess there's still like a reasonable amount. You still have Master Crimson. No, uh, yeah, Master Crimson. I guess all Crimson hasn't been signed. So Master Crimson, Gangnam Jin, Astro, Iris. Uh, I guess I guess you're not you're not you're not screwed. You're yeah, not, you're no. not out of options, yeah. but does feel like the the doors are starting to the walls are starting to close in at least slightly yeah, <laughs> and then in the end you just resign your cure <laughs> the old philly fusion spiel that's yeah. not to uh eqo's you know uh lack of skill by any means but yeah i'd, I'd like to see a philly revamp <laughs> if or sato win. goes back to philly could do Back to fully, he oh, goes. Muse is on the market. Muse, yeah, Muse, definitely. Argoyles out there, floating yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, Kellen. Mm. Yeah, I think some teams still like Jangu. Jangu, like, yeah, especially yeah, like in the in the fragging uh, type of position and high mechanical requirements. I think Jangu, as a former DPS player and generally high mm. um, mechanics, probably also something. That Overwatch League teams would probably want to look at for th this new tank meta. Just like makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, what about what about Striker? Does anyone like Striker? <laughs> yeah. Talk about needing a tracer player. Yeah. Got the best. Well, or one of the best. Bit of hesitation. Um, yeah. I mean, he's he's available. He's Korean. He wants to play the Korean team. Yeah. So I guess NYXL and Fusion still definitely have a lot of options. Maybe they're just biding their time. But I think you're right. I don't, know if, I don't know if you'd argue that they missed the first wave of, of options. Like, 
they mm. all missed a proper train. But there's yeah. only going to be one proper. Some um, everyone was going to miss out except for one team. So that's maybe not a fair, <laughs> reasonable thing to say. Like, oh, you you didn't get proper RGGs then. Um, yeah. But, who? Yeah. To me, Twilight. I thought Twilight could have gone to one of these teams. Yeah. Mm. That's that's. I think kind one. Of... I think I think Yaki has to go to one of these teams. Yes. Yeah. If Yaki, if Fusion or NYSL don't get Yaki, I think that's a bit of a throw. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Minute, he's just he's on Toronto. He's just like it's Yaki, it's Yaki, Twilight, Isu. That's what we're looking at. Keep in Toronto mind just like arguing it. Like Fusion's likely to stay in Korea, <coughs> given the move that they are moving to a seem to be moving to a fully Korean team and have the T1 offices, so they're probably one of the better ones uh, adjusted to that. Pro probably better than NYXL. Um, so, like, it makes, I think it's just, like, attractive then for Korean players to want to play for that team. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know, like, uh, I think Yaki is a pretty high probability, just, like, in the entire package, if you look at it, like, probably not cheap, pretty hard carry player, one of the best free agents on the market, Fusion still haven't gotten a trophy they want one no. um probably someone that's going to transition well into overwatch 2 just because by the flexibility of the I player Carpe's there, by the way i just remembered Carpe's on. There. i mean yeah but like you need also like okay yaki is a better player in 2021 than Carpe. oh i'm not saying i'm not saying yaki can't go there because Carpe's. i'm just remembered that Carpe yeah. is there so you're playing alongside yeah, yeah yeah yep yep for sure yeah um, not that Kape is washed or anything, but it's like mm. he also showed some th that he still got it in the playoff performances where he was probably their best player. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's it, a lot of his is like it, how we think about it is a bit a little bit of narrative, and in the end, then we find out like I don't know like who thought Lip was an inspired pickup when it happened, right? Sure. Um. Who thought who else did pop off this skewed. season that would skewed, skewed was an inspired skewed. one? Yeah. Right? Is the app uh, is the most like under the radar player, I think, to have ever existed. Yeah, very possible. Um because Arns, Arns didn't even come from a team that went zero twelve in maps and zero four in matches one in containers. Yeah. Like, literally literally the worst possible performance you could have in containers career and then went on to the Overwatch League and then went on to become one of the best players. In his role, so I'm um, unbelievable in that, in that case. Is that, that that sounds like it shouldn't even happen? So skewed is like the king of flying under the radar. <laughs> Another and think about it, like there weren't too many players that were like this last season, right? Like I'm going through the top five teams. Like Dallas didn't have a guy like this. Shanghai didn't have a guy like this since Lip. Mm. Um, Hans, Hans, yeah, Hans yeah. When when he came, but. Like, there's few and far between, to be fair. But yeah, like, every season we miss some, right? But even Arns, people knew, oh, this is some, like, ranked sniper god, you know? Even people yeah. knew mechanically Arns was powerful, right? Even if his, his, like, team resume didn't look great, everyone knew that individually, mechanically, he was, like, quite godly. Yeah. So it, that, even that wouldn't wasn't, like, super, super surprising. Yeah. Skewed was, like, unheard of, and people would be like, who the fuck is Skewed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. I agreed, yeah. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. they gotta start moving soon, though. Cool. And, and by the way, you know, 
there's definitely other teams that we we haven't talked about some other teams as well in terms of like talking about like leftovers here um the reason why i haven't specifically brought up like a charge or a spark is because they actually already have like a solid core Mm. you know they only need a couple more players whether you believe that's a good or bad thing debatable chung do have nine players i mean we we, uh, we've talked about that before boston is maybe the only piece that hasn't really made moves um even paris has a core going on um has london done much they've just got christopher on Mm. and they'll be maybe working through they got what sparker and sparker shacks i believe like a shacks is yeah okay cool cool not bad not bad good start um you have by the way funny asher rumored for glads that's a rumor so moth is free agent funny asher rumored for glads which means christopher's not going to get his uk team dream dream team uh, I mean, Kai is on Atlanta anyway, so you, you, you'd have to get both Kai and Funny Asher to get that dream team going. Mm. So, really, we're talking outside of teams like Valiant Vancouver, who we're not expecting anything from, um, and teams that have a core like Charge, Spark, and Hunters, and Fuel, and Eternal. It's just Uprising and Spitfire left for me yeah. that I haven't that haven't really made a lot of moves. Uh, do you count Gladiators? Who do they have again? They have... I mean, they've re-signed, or they've upped Kefcher's contract. Yeah. They've got... That's a big win, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's great for them. Not a ton of moves, but... Let's let go of Muse. Yeah, obviously, Bergeron retires. They have kept the skewed shoot with with, with Funny Asher Rumen. Yeah. But... So that's your three supports, two flex. For everyone that thinks Skewed is a main support, by the way, he's actually a flex yeah. support who plays Brig. So two flex supports, one main. Mm-hmm. You got one flex DPS. You're missing a tank who is, I assume, they'll get space back if space chooses to come back, which is a high likelihood. Yeah. They just need one to two more DPS and maybe one tank, but definitely two more DPS is what yeah. uh, Glads need. They they got a call. Like I'm not even upset with their call. I think they, you know, if they if they do get funny extra, that's four players. They've made moves. Like that's a that's a decent call to build around. They just need a couple more. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I still wonder, like, you know how in that Platchet episode, did you see the end with Space and uh and Super, and they were saying like stuff was going to be interesting. I still wonder yeah. if there was ever like a chance for Super and Space to team up on Glads. Mm. And if that was ever in the room or whatever like was a possibility. Or Space going to shock with Super. Or that, yeah. Because to be yeah. fair, like if I'm a streamer for Overwatch 2, I would rather be in NRG than in uh, the Kronky, a KC position, just because like NRG is more esports and streaming endemically. And twines, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. more so than KC is probably. But um, yeah, well, I wonder Glad's, if this ever was something. Glad's fans will dislike this, but there's still a non-zero chance space could go to shock with with uh, super. That that yeah. is still open on the table. Yeah. Um. So you better hope that Depe is put out a good offer for space if you want to retain him. Mm. Um. But I'm not worried about Glad's. I'm actually not worried about them at all. No. I think they've got good pieces and they'll be solid. I I, I, I start looking at... Did we talk about Gable She last week? GBS? 
Because he got it, he got announced as leaving the team. Yeah, yeah. I, we thought that Punk and GBS were going to maybe be the two tanks of this team, but no, he's gone. Yep. It's just Valentine, Punk, and Faith. Yeah, and yeah, they got three like five. Yeah, more. They got one in each. But I think this team needs a bunch more options, and I know, we know we've talked about Austin liking Faith, Roy likes Faith. I get it, but a lot of teams are moving on double flex supports. Mm. Just saying. Yeah, and they got rid of Myungbong. Just saying. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and also in the flat Western flex market, it's not like there's a lot. Are you going to mm. get Crimson or something? I, I don't know. Like if if you can yeah, do that, no. I would think also, like also don't have the greatest reputation or ability to pay. Yeah, I I would think like Atlanta or something would be way more attractive to someone like Crimson. Of course. Uh, Atlanta, maybe even Mayhem. Before I go mm -hmm. to be Boston, so I think reasonable. Not sure. Austin's willing, definitely... take, Austin's willing to take Korean players, and I actually have a theory that they may promote because they've done this so many times in the past that mm. they will promote from Uprising Academy. Well, if you look at the Uprising Academy roster right now, I heavily believe a number of them will come to Boston mm. to maintain. Oh. I don't know how many, but a number of them could. And Uprising Academy actually did well in NA contenders. Yeah. So you know who's been fucking big juiced up? Simples. Simple. I mean, Stellar definitely is up there, but I've heard some big things about Simple. Hmm. Just from like well, the he's the, he's the greatest Counter Strike player in the world. I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah, hey. There you go. La la. So yeah, I think that that could definitely be. I, I like where that's headed. I like where your head's at, and I don't hate that team. If even if they take some of the pieces and move them up, I that's competitive. I don't know if you win, but it's competitive at the very least. I haven't watched. Uh, Boston Uprising Academy this season. I remember Simple from last season on Runaway. He was he was reasonable. Mm. I, would, I don't think he was a superstar, but he was reasonable. So I mean, if you're telling me he stepped, up, he's really stepped up. I, I could see them making space on their team, like saying, "Well, gave Myungbong a couple of chances. It's a good play, but Simple kind of pounding. We're gonna get Simple. Yeah, that might be the guy. I I think there's a real world where. I don't know. Maybe they do a simple Stella. I, I think simple Stella would be locked in. Yeah. You're going to get two guys from Uprising Academy. You look at simple Stella, surely. I like that start. That's a great, that's a great addition. That's a what? That's five players then. Yeah. They would still need, if they want to be safe, one more DPS, potentially one more tank. Yeah. If they want to be safe. And actually, <laughs> one more flex support. So if you want to be safe, you need eight players. <laughs> <laughs> But at least I mean, seven, at least seven. Credits where credits do. They've they've got some options in house, and you know there's still people on the market that you know, or you, you could pick from. Oh, this is the ultimate huckster move. I figured it. I I've peered into his brain. I know what he's doing. Uh oh. They get their five. They reach the January whatever deadline, and then they just like they slowly grind that shit out and wait as long as possible. See who's got an Overwatch two, and then they complete their roster after that. Hmm. That's a strat. You lock simple Stella because you know they're good. You have your five, and then you just slowly wait it out. That's the Huck strat. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's definitely also like a reason why this entire Boston Uprising Academy team is fully Korean, right? Like, that's yeah. probably something that came at the request of uh, coaching. You feed it. 
By the way, like, it's, it is always weird to say QOQ in these, right? Mm. No? Like, I felt like, when, like, during the time, for instance, when QOQ was still, like, with T1, and, like, everyone was like, oh, yeah, this guy is actually going to be, like, a, like an A-plus player going into the Overwatch League. And then he just, like, was he, I, dude, was he on the uh, Spark, or where was he? Um, I believe research something like that. Like it, it, it shouldn't be the case that we can't remember this. But, uh, yeah, Spark. Okay. What are we trying to remember? Like where QQ played, but he didn't. I don't think he played all that much, do you know? Yeah. Who was he oh. with during that time? He got replaced by Sashin, didn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like that guy just also was one of those that never like made good on on his potential. It felt like. I think he was, as, as I'm fucking melting on screen, I, I remember that he, um, on Runaway, during, during the Hisuyaki Runaway era, I'll yeah. be real, he was probably one of, he was probably, out of the six, the weakest player. No, mind you, they had fucking Lee Dragon on this roster too. Yeah. He had some heavy hitters on his team, so yeah, yeah. maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to be the, to the worst player on, the, the, on a heavy hitting team. But, yeah, if you were going to rank them, you'd probably put QRQ as number six. Out of mm. six players on that runaway roster. Fair. That's yeah. not to say, that's not to say he's bad. Like, oh, yeah, you're the last place on one of the best teams. You're still a good player, but I I always felt like QAQ was not like the heavy hitter on that team that everyone else was. Fair. And when everyone else from I, I remember runaway being super hyped up, everyone went in to find big success. QAQ kind of did not. And if I'm gonna be real, I wasn't super surprised that he didn't. Hmm. Just didn't really stand out to me. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe he's gonna. I, I I have not seen Boston uh, Uprising Academy recently. Maybe he's good. Maybe Uprising Academy has turned him into no an idea. incredible player. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Very see, possible. See. Cool. Um, is that all the teams? Did we miss out anybody? Did we miss out any news? Does anyone have on their mind a, so a piece right. of news that I we mean, did not hit? The thing, like, one thing I guess that we should talk about is, like, especially the Choyobin retirement. Okay. Because I feel like that's, like, a, a very accomplished player. Would you guys mm -hmm. say Choyobin is the best off-tank in, in Overwatch League history? I'm very biased in this. So I will wash my hands. I mean, he has some competition, dude. Don't go lie. Void? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You can say Hanbin, but Hanbin only came in recently. True. Yeah. Yeah, Fury. Yeah, but then Fury shot the bid this year. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, shitting the bad and, like, not participating is sort of, like, the same. Because Choi came in later as well, right? Mm. No, not that late. I always think it's super late into Season 1. It wasn't that late. It's either Void or Choi. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Gotta be. Gotta be. Two-time champion. Like, no, I don't know. Uh, Overwatch League Finals MVP. Gone, dude. Like, that was, once again, one of those things that didn't make me a happy camper this week um like great great career to look back to like i think it's it's about as well 
as you could could have hoped for you know, Cherry Oven. Yeah. Legend of the game. He would have been signed again. I think he would have been signed again. For sure. Oh, for sure. easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. 100%. Nah. Great, great player. Great career. Um, unfortunate that by his character, he isn't going to be like very sticky in people's minds, as sticky as he should be, and neither is Void, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but man, like through through several matters, always solid on pretty much every hero he had to play. Um, clutch, like during goats, like the way like I always felt like he was so smart in his, in his ability to play, like. I would say his ability to consistently outperform Janu was one of the bigger reasons why um, they eventually like had had Titan's number. Mm. I don't know, dude. Like legend of the game, first ballot Hall of Fame for sure, skis. Um, and yeah, it's un unfortunate that that guy like that goes. But at the same time, if any of the theories developing into Overwatch two are true about like you know off times maybe not transitioning this is the way to go out like yeah. you you tried the three-peat you should have been there because like jesus christ dude like when you're 60 and sitting there and going like my friends were in the three-peat i quit out after the second one that feels bad you mm. you shot your shot you still had a great third season um comparatively speaking you won two overwatch league finals i don't know dude like this is the pe perfect career uh, conception that you would have if you could choose yeah. as a player Agreed. Also. Farewell. Last couple of things um, that are brought up here for activities is Feather also retired. Very short Overwatch League career. Uh, played well in the contenders. Kind of unfortunate that he ended up going. Um, I guess just another collateral damage piece of some of the NYXL. But, I mean, uh, dude, losing Ivy this year was a bit rough. Yeah. Um, why not? Apparently, is out of NYXL. Kuki's still a free agent. Could be going somewhere like NYXL. I mean, that would be cool. Unknown is coming back to NYXL. Has come back to NYXL as a manager. Dongman um, is out of Atlanta as their manager slash translator. Obviously, they're going full West and so don't need a Korean yeah. English translator anymore. Um, but that is uh, kind of all the, the rest of activity cleared out for this week. We'll be back with more news coming up soon. And then. Um, Put in the comments, by the way, what do you, what would you like to see for the very special episode 200 that comes up in three episodes time? Do you have any ideas? If you do, let us know. Hit us up. Tell us, tell us what's, what's good. Go to the Discord. I don't know. Drop a line. All right. This has been me, Avril, Volomel Yiska, 197. Peace out. See you next week.